This week, Jeff Tapia and I will conclude our discussion that we began in episode one of this podcast about Star Trek The Next Generation. The discussion about Star Trek The Next Generation is our continuation from last week. It was a conversation recorded live on YouTube, so you will hear us chatting with the people in the live chat on YouTube. Jeff and I had so much fun doing this that we've actually scheduled another live recording uh, in a couple of days on Sunday at 8 p.m., Sunday the 17th, 8 p.m. Pacific time, we will be live on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Sci-Fi, talking about our first reactions to Star Wars The Last Jedi. As I record this right now, it's Thursday night. I mean, the movie opens on Friday, but everyone knows they have these premieres on Thursday night. Eventually, the movie opening day will mean nothing at all, as these (laughs) early screenings just creep earlier and earlier into the evening on the night before. Uh, Anyway... That's happening right now. People are seeing Star Wars right now, and I am going to see it tomorrow at noon with Andy. I cannot wait. I saw the first trailer for The Last Jedi, and I actually like stuck my head in a hole, and I have not seen any of the other trailers. I read something online where Mark Hamill said that the trailers were giving away more than the filmmakers wanted to be given away, and he recommended not watching the trailers. I took that advice, so I'm going into this pretty blind. I've heard a lot of talk about porgs. I've seen uh, images of porgs on people's Facebook feeds, but I've not seen them in a trailer. So porgs will be a surprise for me tomorrow. And then Jeff and I will be discussing this live on YouTube. I'd love to hear what you think about the movie. So you can come join us 8 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday uh, and hop in the live chat. Let us know what you think. We will be interacting with the chat the whole time, just like we do in this episode you're about to hear. Stay tuned at the end of this episode. I finally finished my song Time Machine and released it to the world. I'm going to play it for you at the very end of the show today. We have a couple of new iTunes reviews that I'm excited to share with you. So whenever I check iTunes, I actually just use Chrome on my phone because I just don't use iTunes. Like, I don't go into the app. I don't like opening it on my laptop. It's The only place I have real iTunes is on my laptop, the actual program. And it's so slow. I just never open it. So I've just been checking on my phone because you can see the reviews at the bottom of the page. I didn't realize that it only shows three reviews there. And I actually had more reviews than I thought that I did. So I'm going to read them for you because I'm excited to discover them. The first one is from Andy, of course, Andy Pandy J. <laughs> uh, months and months ago, she started listening to the show and she was kind enough to lead a, leave a review. So she's a little biased, but here's what she says. Uh, Seriously, though, I am new to the sci-fi world and am completely captivated and utterly entertained by Jesse's refreshing perspective and charming persona. The guests and topics are always engaging, and I'm so excited to keep listening. Uh, Andy, you're so sweet. Thank you. Uh, Here's one from Puppies Totes. Mm, Not sure who that is. (laughs) All hail Lord Mercury. This podcast is fantastic. From the incredible interviews to Jesse's candidness to the beautiful theme song, this show has me hook, line, and sinker. Highly recommended for my fellow sci-fi nerds. Thank you so much, Puppies Totes. Mm. 
And then this last one uh, is from someone named Account Nickname, which is a fantastic name for an iTunes account. It's called Love, Love, Love. Love the commentary on sci-fi favorites. Jesse Mercury knows his stuff and is so easy in the ears. Keep them coming. Uh, Thank you so much. That last one was from just uh, last week. Uh, So I really, really appreciate that. We are up to 12 five-star ratings, uh, and man, I would love for them to keep coming in. If you like the show and you want to support it, this is the easiest way, and it actually goes a really long way to helping the show succeed. So iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, rating and reviews. Thank you, guys. When I went back and listened to the episode from last week to put the edit together, I realized that Jeff mentioned that she was going to do some Star Trek trivia with me. She was going to ask me some trivia questions during the recording, and we forgot. I mean, we talked for like three and a half hours, and we just completely forgot. So I asked her to come back over and record the Star Trek trivia, and we did it uh, yesterday, actually, and it was super fun. Uh, I, I... I I will just say that I did not do as well as I would have hoped, but my God, those questions were hard. I gave it I gave it an honest try. I mean, I did I I, I did pretty well, but not as well as I would have hoped. And I don't know, I'm really hard on myself. So I'll leave you in suspense with that. But that's going to be a very special premium podcast episode on the Sci-Fi Project podcast, which is available only on Patreon for two dollars or more per month. Uh, That one's going to be coming out within the next couple of weeks. I actually have another premium episode of stuff that was deleted from this recording that didn't make it into the podcast version. So that will be the next premium episode. And the one after that will be the Q&A with Jeff, which was recorded just for that show. Patreon went through some growing pains this week. Uh, (laughs) They announced this new fee structure that kind of made it a little better for creators, but worse for patrons. And it was a very bad idea. And uh, a lot of creators lost a lot of patrons over the last couple of days. Patreon freaked out and announced they were not going to implement that plan after all because it was so wildly unpopular. Uh, And I just wanted to extend a very special thank you to all of my patrons because uh, I did not lose a single person when all the dust settled. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me through that. I mean, I'm relieved that Patreon ended up not changing their, their fee structure. And I'm I'm just so grateful to have the people supporting me every month that uh, have continued to support me through for quite a while now. So thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. And I've got some great premium content coming for you uh, as a continued thank you in the very near future. All right, my friends, this is it. We made it. Let's get into the final, final discussion with Jeff about Star Trek The Next Generation. Here we go. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. This next episode, I yeah. really enjoyed. This, this, I enjoyed this one a lot. This is in the running for my favorite of the season, also. Uh, episode 15, Lower Decks. So, so like half of them now, or no? This has like been two, mm-hmm. two parallels, and this okay. one. I think just two. How can you have? Se- how can you not have sex with a ghost? <laughs> no locks, no regrets. <laughs> brat, brat. Daniel knows. <laughs> uh, okay, so lower decks, episode fifteen. Junior officers speculate on the reasons for recent unusual actions taken by the command crew near the Cardassian border. So this is the episode that we see entirely from the point of view of four, uh, like. Lower officers, like yeah. a de- like uh, junior officers, en- junior officers. Thank you, like mm-hmm. ensigns and maybe a lieutenant and one bar guy. Yeah, who's and the bartender kind of floats between both of them, though. Yeah, the bar. 
the bartender seems to exist in both worlds. Yeah. Where he like talks to the senior officers. He goes to their poker game. Server life, son. <laughs> I know rich people and I know Poe people. Yeah, Ben. <laughs> he's, he's a great character. Yeah. But he also plays poker with the junior officers. Uh, and this brings back Ensign Cito, who was uh, Cito Jaxa, who was in Starfleet Academy when Wesley was and was part of that episode where like... Wesley got in trouble for doing those crazy maneuvers with right. his group. She was one yeah. of those people. The oh. same actress, same character. Wait, that's her, right? Yeah. Yeah, Cedo okay. Jackson. Got it. Got so they, it. they brought her back and they talked about that in this episode about the fact that she made those poor choices. Okay. And it became like a plot I point. I didn't even think about that. So I was confused and I yeah. was going to figure that out, but I forgot to Google it. But, but I was like, didn't that like happen? Yeah. That, like, and that was in her. In the show? Yeah, so, actress. okay, got it. Yeah. So cool. I... I fucking love this episode this is something that i would watch an entire series of this is like junior officers this would have been a great spin-off this would have been a totally. great spin-off junior I officers been who all are about not that. in on what's happening on the bridge yeah and like having to learn to deal with it like this they episode- figured out how to do scrub season seven no. better was it seven the last season of scrubs they figured yeah. out how to do it <laughs> I, I watched- scrubs should have just like done what they did and made it good oh i of- see what you're saying yeah like some of the main <laughs> cast left and they brought in like a new staff yeah 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 so part of what makes this episode work so well is that there's like so many main characters i mean the mm-hmm. whole main crew plus these like five four or five new people and they balance them all so well it's really and good there's like emotional moments for picard and for Worf. But like mostly for these new characters. So it just it really tied in really well with like the existing cast while adding so much more. Mm -hmm. Like balancing like eleven characters like that, that's crazy. It's It's bonkers, but they did it so well. Yeah. And I just really loved seeing everything from these guys' perspectives. I loved seeing their faults, you know. Mm -hmm. They didn't just go with like a normal uh character arc with you've got like the sassy one and you've got the mean one and you've got, they're all actually like pretty multidimensional for having only known them for like a few minutes, you know? So it's, it's, they really built some good characters and I, I wish that we could have seen more of them, you know, like totally um, like nurse Ogawa has been around for a while and I love putting her at the center of an episode. Yeah. It was so, she's great. She was great. And the, is he a Romulan or or a a Vulcan? Vulcan. He's a Vulcan. That guy was great too. He's like really annoying, but like a good guy, you know, and like no classic Vulcan. Yeah. No one's working against each other. Everyone hopes for the best for everyone else, you know, totally. And they're all angling for this promotion. It's really good. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think that this episode is like remarkably well written. Yeah. I, I get so choked up every time because the moment at the end, like you have all these characters that want to prove themselves, mm-hmm. you know, like Sam Lavelle is like a young Riker and yeah. he, he wants Riker's attention and he's super self-conscious yeah. and he's like really cute and really charming. But I, that actually gave me a little bit of insight into Riker also. It's like, yeah. this reminds me so much of Riker. I could see this being Riker younger, you know? And, and they talk, they touch on that. Troy yeah. was Troy was like, like well, that's why sounds Lavelle a lot annoys like, him. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Sounds like somebody I know, dude. Like, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really great. Totally. It was a really, really good episode all around. It was really sad when What's-Her-Face didn't come back. Yeah, Cito Jackson. And I was shocked that she was just, that's just what happened. It's Like, nuts. I thought we were going to, like, so rescue her or something. And then yeah. I saw there were, like, five minutes left in the episode. And I was like, yeah. holy moly, they just killed her. That's yeah. terrible. That's sad. I mean, it's good. But, like, you know. But, yeah, the moment where, like, yeah. she's trying to prove herself to Kind Picard. of Breakfast Club. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, like Star Trek Breakfast yeah, Club. Yeah, that was cute. I love that's that. cute. Yeah, I love I like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, she's and trying Worf to prove herself. Sitting with them I know at the Worf end. at the end. Yeah, I uh, love that so much. So good. 
But so like Sido wants to prove to Picard that she is a good officer and that mm-hmm. like what she's done in her past doesn't necessarily affect who she is. Well, it affects who she is now, but she's grown and she's learned and she wants to do and better. And she has a great record on the on the Enterprise. Yeah. And he yeah. like pushes her and she comes back at him so strong. And I love that it was all a test to see whether or not she was up to going on this secret mission. I've worked hard here. My record is exemplary. If you're going to judge me, judge me for what I am now. Very well, Anderson. I will. It took courage to come here and face me after what I said to you the other day. I didn't ask you here because I was assessing your qualifications for the ops position. I don't understand, sir. I was harsh with you because I wanted to assess you for a very important mission. A mission that could put you in a situation that would be far more unnerving than a dressing down by your commanding officer. Can I ask what that mission is, sir? Join the senior officers in the observation lounge at 0900 hours. We'll discuss it then. She realizes that Picard does believe in her, like, a lot. Yeah. And, and that he's been testing her and she's passed. Uh, and that she doesn't even question, you know, whether or not she should risk her life for, for this organization, for this person. And that it's so powerful and emotional. And then yeah. like, a minutes later, you find out that she's been killed. Yeah. And it's so intense. Yeah. And I really thought that they were setting us up to like, you know, have this like big, like cool rescue thing happening or something. But that's not even what this episode's about. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really great. Justin S. did that same Vulcan end up on Voyager. I thought so, but I looked it up. Uh, I think the actor did, but not the same character. Um, let's see. Uh, Paula oh. says that you suddenly care about the red shirts. And I yeah, like that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So the actor that played Torek is actually the son of one of the writers, um, Jerry Taylor, uh, who's a producer on Voyager and writer on a whole bunch of Star Trek. Let's see. He was in the sixth season episode, Time Zero Part Two, where he played like a, um, what's it called? Like a background person. So he was Vorik in Star Trek Voyager. Vorik and not Tarek. I think they're supposed to be brothers, actually. Oh, cool. Here, let's look up Vorik. <laughs> and I, the only reason they do stuff like that is because if, if you use the same name from the first episode, you have to pay the writers from the first episode over and over. That's why Tom Paris came back in Voyager as a different person than he... He was Nick Locarno in the episode we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. The guy who was in charge of, like that the uh, red squadron or red squad what is it what that squadron of like uh fancy flying that wesley was oh, doing right, right, right. yeah nick lucarno's in charge of that he, he plays the same character on voyager but they rename him tom paris so that they don't have to pay somebody so they don't have to pay the writers Cheap. yeah so let's see uh vorik nova squadron this is all about he was on voyager a lot so he uh, yeah i mean he was a pretty like main character uh, so the producer, Jerry Taylor, who happens to be the mother of the actor, once suggested that Tarek and Vorik were twin brothers. Yeah. So that's not canon, but that's like a suggestion from the writer. Cool. But totally. I totally, I'm like, that guy was on Voyager and I was so excited, but he, but the character was not. Okay. Going back. What's next? Yeah. Let's see what's next. Episode 16 is thine own self. Data suffers amnesia in a primitive society while Troy applies for a promotion. Ooh, this one was so sad to me yeah how data has this friendship with this girl yeah and then she doesn't I, he doesn't remember any of it was so sad oh he doesn't remember that no like when they reactivate him at the end he doesn't remember anything of his oh, time that's there so sad. they and, were friendies yeah at the end of this episode is like 
uh, I don't know what happened. And they're like, well, you you saved an entire village and you were a very special friend to a little girl. Yeah. And my classic data. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was mostly sad that he, you know, they didn't know what radioactive stuff was. And yeah. Like people died from radiation sickness. And that's like a thing that happens in real life. So it made me sad. I think they tried to imply that no one died that he caught it in time. Oh, really? And saved Is that what happened? In time. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. But, I mean, who knows? Like, it seems like someone probably would have died. No, maybe not. Maybe I made that up. But anyway, yeah. I think it mostly reminds me of this episode from House that makes me really sad. Oh, interesting. Yeah, House episode. I think I that's love House. why. I don't, um, which one are you talking there's about? There's one where like a dad like gives his son something that he found when he was diving. He like dives oh. for stuff or something. And he had given him his son this keychain of this thing that he found. And it turned out that it was like highly radioactive and they didn't yeah. know. So his son died. Ugh. And like it was really hard because it was just this keychain that he made for his son that like killed him in the end. Oh it was my really God. sad. He died of radiation. I don't poisoning. remember that. That's terrible. So now and how is like <laughs> traumatized me in so many ways i'm the kind of person that can't like go on webmd ever <laughs> yeah because i will get cancer and die <laughs> like, yeah i loved house i, I so, think i've seen every episode and i shouldn't show. i shouldn't i love that show but i shouldn't watch it like i just yeah. think that i'm ill all the time if i watch <laughs> it but anyway so that shit like leaves an effect on me. So it reminded me of House. It's the radiation sickness stuff. Like, yeah, interesting. <laughs> and so it would just make me really sad. Yeah. Justin yeah. says, I love that Data just schools everyone with science. I, yeah. I, there's like that woman who's the, the scientist or whatever. Who's, who's wrong about yeah. everything. Microscope. Thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, th that like the woman who's like the healer of the town and seems like the only scientist in the town is just like wrong about everything. And I love how she's so cocky. Yeah. She's like, I know. Oh, this is because you're from the ice. You're, you're an ice man. You're an ice man. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Master of the lake man. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> hey, Red Tube. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Red Tube, eh? Red Tube. Red Gaiv. Tube's a porn, a porn site. Oh, yeah, that's right. Welcome. <laughs> I like this episode a lot. I I struggle a little bit with its placement in the show because this feels like a season four episode to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's all it's so similar to an episode from season three, I think, where Data goes to that planet and tries to convince everyone to leave and they won't. And yeah. he has to prove to them like he destroys their aqueduct to prove to them they have to leave. Yeah. Whenever like Data goes and lives in a in a like more primitive society for a whole episode, I glaze over a little bit. But I do like this episode a lot. Yeah, no, yeah, I like it a lot too. Um, but there are some boringness issues with it. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, it's a little predictable too. It is, it is. Uh, but I do like, I like how he still, you know, was smart enough to save the town, like by using the scientific method that's obviously very much ingrained in his brain you know yeah um so even though he know he doesn't know that he's does he actively he doesn't actively know he's an android he has no idea yeah he has yeah. no idea so yeah. you know but he's just using you know the knowledge that he has to figure this stuff out not knowing that he can you know yeah i find it hard um, to believe that he doesn't know what radioactive means because he knows what the word says and he can it's like he has gaps in his memory yeah you're right he, i mean he doesn't know who he is he doesn't know right. he's an android he doesn't know radioactive radioactive but he remembers everything else about science right uh so i found that a little hard to swallow it's, yeah it's hard to believe yeah yeah so i yeah, i struggle with this one a little bit but i do think it's a good episode unlike the next one masks this is okay Ugh. this episode's a little Ugh. stupid maybe just a little dumb. Ugh. 
Uh, while I was not a huge fan of this one. <laughs> while investigating a rogue comet, the cultural archive concealed inside begins taking over the Enterprise. This is the one where Data is inhabited by like a whole civilization's worth of people. <laughs> and Picard has to learn their, uh, their like, rituals so he can become a part of the ritual. This was not a Data episode. No. This was a Brent Spiner episode. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, totally. Like I, I love Data episodes, and to me, I don't even count that in in this. Because I agree, but yeah, Justin yeah, says but that's Spiner what, has a lot of range. Yeah, in this I one. know, yeah. I know, he has a lot of range. I get it. Like, yeah. like I just felt like it was very crutchy. You know, like I, I've seen him do different characters already. I've seen this. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need a whole episode built around an excuse to give one actor a chance to show off. Yeah. He's had other ones like that. Just yeah. show off being data, your yeah. data. Let's just see more about what, what data's deal is. That's, I would much yeah. rather we spend an episode on that. They spent so much time yeah. talking to people inside of data. And it literally barely helped. I know. Totally. <laughs> totally. Like, he got very little information that they extrapolated the whole solution. They got out of. all of their solution stuff from, like, the fact that all of the symbols were flashing on the computers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> readjust here. Oh, my God. Like, it's not very much you know. Space. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I want to like this episode, but I can't. You I, know? Yeah. I appreciate a lot about this episode. But I like the I first don't half of it. Like it. Yeah. I like <laughs> I love the fact that they find this crazy archive inside of a comet that's been traveling for like super long time through space. I think that's super that cool. That was a cool idea and they should have done better things with it. They should have just like visited that city that was inside of the comet, that yeah. archive. They should have had to go there. Go that would into have been so the archive, cool. yeah. Like maybe they go there and, and data's like being taken over by these people who know the way and can show them around. Yeah. Way more interesting episode. Yeah. Totally. And they're booby traps. Yeah. I mean, this is totally a bottle episode. This is this is actually kind of an egregious bottle episode to me. Where they used a lot of new set pieces. Well, not new ones, but they used a well, lot of set pieces that they, they just carried on. They set pieces yeah. and put them down <laughs> and say that the Enterprise is transforming. Yeah. And it's so stupid. <laughs> it's it's like, oh my God, we got these big giant so bricks silly. here. That means that the Enterprise is transforming. <laughs> but the walls are all the same. Like the rooms are all the same yeah, shape. Yeah, it's so cheap. It's, it's very cheap. I mean, this... So when you do a bottle episode... I love bottle episodes because it usually forces you into good writing because right. you have like these restrictions and you have to do your best with what you have. Right. And they did not do their best. I I wonder how much of that was the set design issues. Like, I, I wonder if this script would have been cool if you could have seen the Enterprise transform the way that they were describing it. It's like, oh, the, there's like a... There's like a there's like a river in deck four or something like that. If we'd seen that, that would have been so cool. Yes, so, totally. But they so couldn't cool. have done that. Then yeah, in that situation, I say like yeah. don't write that. You yeah, know? <laughs> like just don't write this episode. They did better ideas, better things with this idea in Stargate. Ooh, mm. I love Stargate. I I'm so excited. About the I've show. only seen um like the first few seasons. I've only seen every episode of every Stargate show. Oh, that's it. Damn, yeah. you really should get more into it. I've forgotten a lot of it though. It was a while back. <laughs> that's something I'd love to. Watch uh, again. I really liked it. I just kind of fell off of the TV thing for a while. Like, yeah, um, that's good though. Yeah. So, but I really did enjoy that show. I should go back and yeah. rewatch all of it. I've been playing so much Mario Maker that I've not been watching as much tv and when i watch tv i watch a lot of people streaming now cool just trying to share bro no no i'm just wondering what your life would be like like <laughs> like what is life without tv and facebook because that's what i do i'm just yeah. on facebook all day it's fucked 
up. I used to I used to do that. I've I, gotten better about that. But I'm I I'm balls deep. Don't get me wrong. I watch a hell of a lot of TV. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's oh, just, no. I, I wouldn't yeah. think that you would ever just give up on TV. Yeah. Like yeah. when I'm watching people streaming, I'm still watching TV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we have Eye of the Beholder, episode 18. Um, I actually really like this one. Counselor Troy's investigation into the suicide of a crewman suggests a murder was committed aboard the Enterprise while it was being built and that the murderer is still aboard. We get more Worf and Troy on this one. That's why I like this one. Which is what I I just love. Because then you start to see like it's It's possible in this universe. Troy's into it too. Yes. Like Troy is having these delusions about Worf cheating on her and stuff. Yeah. And like it's cool that, uh, that you see that it's not just... Um, a wharf thing, even though the um, the first time we see it, it's in the quantum universe stuff, right, right? right? So, so you like to think that it's possible, but maybe it was just that universe that it's possible. That's what I assumed know? after seeing that. And one, then you, know? you see something happen in the prime universe, right? You know where and and it's and it's Troy having feelings. I'm like, right. yes, right. this can totally happen. Totally. Yes, yes, yes. I was so excited. <laughs> it's such a tease. And then yeah. this is the episode where you see Worf asking Riker. Or trying to ask Riker and failing to uh, ask if it's okay. I know, and then it didn't happen. Yeah. They tease you with this yeah. so hard this season. Like, they finally give it to you in the last episode, but they really tease you yeah. all throughout the season. Yeah, they really do. And I actually really like the murder mystery element of this. Like, they put an interesting twist on it where halfway through the episode, it becomes a, a vision that Troy's having. Like, half of the episode takes place in an instant because this, um, like, empathic residue like gets into Troy and triggers yeah. this thing. That well, she's that guy seeing. murders somebody and he's right. partially telepathic and that right. somehow imprints itself in, like, into the ship itself, into the ship in which that I think area. Is such a cool idea. I, I think it's a pretty yeah. rad idea. It was really cool. I really, I really like what they did with that whole concept and um, yeah. like doing that whole, like figuring out, putting the puzzle pieces together. Like they're really solving a mystery, yeah. you know? And it's also interesting that you see a crewman commit suicide and how how much of a big deal that was to everyone. It's yeah. like people are pretty happy and well-adjusted in this future. Yeah. And that's weird. It's that weird. That yeah. And because there's Troy so many the resources point, that are available to everybody right. who might and have technology. mental health issues. They probably understand the nature of depression at that point and can help. Yeah. You know, instead exactly. of just like telling people they're crazy, they can probably help. Yeah. With, with whatever it... I mean, you know. So it must have been a shock, you know, like yeah. when they announced it over the PA. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. I also thought was very interesting. I love that you called that the PA. What's it what's it called? I think ships ships com, ships intercom That's communications. A PA. I don't know what it's called, but I like it's PA. A PA. I it's like a it. PA. It's it just makes the me same think thing. like I'm just imagining like the principal from community sitting at Picard's yeah, desk. Exactly. Yeah. It's the same exact I bet you that technology has not changed. <laughs> I bet you they're you still using the same system. <laughs> I love that idea. I love that idea. I, and I love that this episode pushes Troy to the point of committing suicide because yeah. she's like being, her man, mind's being fucked with and she yeah like it's it's obviously not her yeah you know it's obviously not her making that choice but it's like she's living out this thing that someone else did mm-hmm. and doesn't have control over her choice just like this guy who killed himself had no control over that choice you know like he was killed by this empathic residue he did not kill himself you know which they don't know at first but i know it's, i think it's really interesting I, I i really enjoy this one i really look forward to it on every watch through mostly because the Troy and Worf stuff is like awesome in this episode. It's compelling. And she's so happy when he's there when she comes to. Yeah. She's like, oh, thank God you're here. Yeah. Oh, man. Next up, we have oh, Genesis. This is ridiculous. I loved it. Yeah. 
the oh, oh the like special effects stuff like the makeup yeah. oh oh Troy is, yes i was gonna say this is like a haunted house episode like yeah. um it's a scary movie and i really love it and it was it was campy but it was good yeah that it was campy yeah and um the the troy as an amphibian stuff oh my god oh so disturbing yeah eee, it was so good this is actually another like highlight of the season for me yeah absolutely so good uh enterprise crew must enterprise crew members de-evolve into prehistoric creatures after medical treatment by dr crusher goes wrong Ooh, that's such a scary movie yeah, synopsis totally. i love it uh yeah i the sci-fi in this is so weak like it's it's very thin yeah the whole, like connecting well, like the dots. justin said he really yeah. likes it despite despite, despite the, the ridiculous, ridiculous premise, premise. Like, and, and that's something that i don't care about. if you yeah. tell me a good story i do not care if the science is thin you yeah. know if you're basing your whole story off of thin science i get annoyed yeah but the, the point of this was to tell a monster story yeah you know? exactly it's a, it's so i didn't movie, mind about like the whole like t- dormant t-cell dormant whatever t-cells, yeah um that's fine T-cell virus. it was it was perfect totally. there's, no, there's really not a lot to say about this episode i don't know if it really drives anything i i love i love fun. seeing barkley again yeah he was great in this episode as he is in everything as a creepy spider yeah as a creepy spider and the lead up to that when he was getting all like you know like he was really right this quick time about everything he you was know? right about his medical paranoia this time yeah he was um which is why you should believe people oh, every once in a while. Yeah, we, we believe everything you read on WebMD. That's what he was doing. He was on WebMD, yeah. the ship's WebMD. Totally. Freaking out about stuff. <laughs> that is exactly what happened. Um, but it wasn't, nothing was happening. Nothing that bad was actually happening to him initially. Right. It, it only happened because Crusher tried to fix it and that like went wrong. Yeah, basically. he had a weird like yeah. T cell thing issue. No, he had he had a fever that's not common for human beings to get unless they have a dormant like dormant T cell of some kind. Yeah, oh yeah, she that, tried to reactivate that. Just the one thing, thing, yeah. And that spread into the ship and yeah. reactivated dormant all of the dormant uh, stuff. Stuff. What, what was it called? Dormant uh T cells, gene, blah blah blah. Something um, something. And 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 Ron's or something and Ron and Ron's. <laughs> uh, they the thing that they finally discover. Uh, let's see, introns, entrons. latent introns. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and instead, a synthetic T cell has invaded the genetic code to activate latent introns. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. I don't know yeah. about you. Yeah. Hey, Sean's back. Welcome oh, back. what's up, Sean? Not Enron's. Enron's. <laughs> Justin loves the costume makeup for de-evolved wharf. Yeah, I it's love good. that too. It, it's all so of the cost, all of the stuff. Oh, it was all horrifying and it was just wonderful and beautiful. I loved it. And I actually love the section of this episode where we don't know what's happening and everyone is acting so weird. Yeah. Like Troy's like way too too cold and Worf's way too hot and like yeah. Riker's is really dumb and Worf <laughs> like has those like sacks. Man, that moment where he has like those sacks of uh of Venom? poison and he shoots Crusher in the Ooh, face. That was terrifying. Oh. And that was also so horror movie. The way she was yeah. screaming. The way she was screaming, she like she directed her this face. episode. Oh isn't that awesome? I fucking love her. It's dude. the first thing she ever directed. I Gates love McFadden. her so much. And it was yeah. such a great episode. Bravo. Snaps to Gates. Yeah. Very good. This is this is totally in my. I just loved her freak out though, like for real, like I the way it. she was yeah. screaming and holding her face was just so in line with like the monster movie thing. Yeah. Oh I my god, the it. best moment is when he tells Dana tells Picard what he's turning into. He's like, 
maybe a pygmy marmoset. <laughs> <laughs> and he acts that out so well, he just gets like more and more nervous. I feel I must inform you, sir. You have also been infected by the Intron virus. How long before I begin to change? According to my calculations, within the next 12 hours, you will begin to exhibit the first signs of your eventual transformation. And what will that be? I believe you will also de-evolve into an earlier form of primate, possibly similar to a lemur or pygmy marmoset. Before I begin swinging through the ship looking for breakfast, we'd better find some answers. This sci episode fantasy. was more sci yeah. fantasy than sci fiction. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I'm fine with it. That's I, cool. Totally I'll allow it. it. I love the shit out of this episode. Yeah. And like a lot of that comes from being a kid and seeing it and being like terrified. You know? Oh my God. I, I was so scared. I am still haunted by Troy's makeup in this. Yeah, I that was, whole part where she's like, "Oh my like, god, <sighs> yeah," which is like, "Like, oh, so fucked bo- up." Like, she makes up crazy faces. Uh, like, I was ten when this came out. And like I saw this, this like, like when it aired. Yeah, <laughs> it was so fucked up, dude. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Should I get a Nintendo, a Nintendo Switch, Switch or a new guitar? Do you rather? Would you rather play video games or music? That's a tough question. Also, do you have a guitar already? Yeah. And what gaming systems do you have? We can't talk about this now. I need let's to know talk, this stuff. Well, Just let's talk about it. this on Discord. <laughs> this is a good question, though. <laughs> uh, quick question. If you were working on the Enterprise, where would you work? Engineering, medical, bridge, security, or away team? Well, I feel like if you work on the bridge, you end up on the away team all the time. And I feel like bridge so that's officer. that's a twofer. Yeah, that's bridge officer twofer. is like a no question. Well, I don't know. Engineering is pretty sweet. I want to be a bridge officer. I want to like sit at the con and like control. I think that I, I would. I want to be the guy who does all the scanning. I want to be data. I want, what do I want? Actually, medical is really exciting for me too, though. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to think about that. I'm, I'm Right now, I'm leaning towards bridge, though. I think engineering would be fun, but it's not quite for me. I just want to be able to see outside. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 I want to be staring out into space yeah, all day. Yeah, totally. So fun. That's really what it is. All right. So from that episode to this, Journey's End, episode 20, uh... As a result of a long-disputed treaty with the Cardassians, the Federation has agreed to return several planets to Cardassian control. One such planet, Dorvan 5, is inhabited by the descendants of Native Americans. They do not wish to leave their new home, which they had spent many years searching for. This one's tough, dude. I know. It's tough, especially because they call them North American Indians throughout the episode. I mean, it was before political correctness and before like native americans became was like, the it? political correct term uh, uh or, or at least like that that transition was happening around this time yeah. i think but it's really it's really unfortunate that that transition hadn't quite reached the writer's room of star trek at this yeah. point because north america was a little uncomfortable it was very uncomfortable yeah. it feels like very out of touch with the culture of it just Native feels, Americans, it feels tone deaf. Like I feel yeah. like they were trying to do something good, and yeah. I can res- I can respect that totally because they were like, "Wow, we're really in this position where we're taking these people's lands again." Right? You and know, I like and that I of the I story. get that. Like I I understand that what they were trying to do, but yeah, I feel like it was a little tone deaf. Like I'm like, did you guys even find a single Native American to be That's part of like question. this like yeah writing process? Because right. right now you guys are kind right. of being saviorly, and it's not right 
it doesn't look good. I really struggle you know? with that too. Yeah, I, um, I feel like. But they I, I respect and appreciate what they're they're trying to do. I guess, right. but like, yeah, it was it was tone deaf. It was weird. Yeah, like I yeah. I I enjoy a lot of the themes of the episode. I think that the presentation was like obviously a bunch of white guys made this. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and it, I think that it does not hold up very well at all. No, it doesn't. And it's also like really unfortunate the the way they brought the traveler back and they tied it in with Wesley. Like one of my favorite that plot that, points. I was going to say that it deserved a better episode. Absolutely. Yeah, that deserved a better episode God for damn. sure. The traveler comes back after like saying in season one that Wesley was destined for something more exciting. And it finally they just happens. Shoehorned and they're going right to go off in, in the galaxy together like fucking Doctor Who and experience the universe. And like you just shoehorn that in at the end. Like this yeah. whole episode is about, you know, like like land conflicts. And then the cool thing happens in the last like minute. And Wesley's <laughs> a fucking so dick in this up. episode. He He's he he also oh, his like appropriative clothing like yeah. <laughs> at the end and like I don't know it just felt very like Roz Trent to me from Lonely Island like the oh. big Rastafari <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious <laughs> yeah. it was weird um, so yeah it was a problematic episode I would say but, yeah. but I. Well, part of that. Whoa, Justin with- says conflict with Wheaton and the writers. Will Wheaton, tell us more. I don't know Ooh, about this. I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, Wesley's Wesley's journey on the show was like very contentious. Like a lot of people were really bothered by him. I, I, I like love him. him. And I love I last- was sad to see him go, but I, th- yeah. I liked not having. We forgot having- to talk about how he was in parallels. He was on one of the bridges or several of the bridges yeah, in parallels. Yeah, he was in several Which of the was such a great parallels. way to that use that cool. character. Yeah. There was like a Ferengi on the bridge. God, that episode's good. Yeah, parallels um, was so good. Yeah, Justin says part of that uh, I, I might get, get this wrong. wrong. Let, Let me, me Google. Google. All right, Justin will be right back with us with more. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm curious to know if if the badness of that episode had something to do with Wheaton having a conflict with the writers. Yeah, well, let's look at the because, background info on, on because I Wikipedia or uh, Memory Office. It makes sense to me that he would have a conflict and then not be on the show for a while, which is, you know, but so, I don't understand how that would affect the script of one episode like that. Yeah, I actually um, read this last week. I just remember this now. Some interesting points. Jerry Taylor intended the Native American colony in this episode to be the home of Voyager character Chakotay, though it's never mentioned on screen. Also, like this is kind of the birth of the Maquis, which we see in the second to last episode mm-hmm. of this of the season. Uh, and the Maquis are, are a huge part of Voyager, like massive plot point in Voyager. So it's kind of like an intro to that a little yeah. bit. And the Maquis are really fascinating. And they're, they're actually like a really big plot point in DS9 in a way that I really like. So I'm, I really like a lot of the Maquis storylines. But it's just a really unfortunate way to start this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of talk of Ronald D. Moore saying how he wanted to get Wesley out of the Academy and send him off to the Traveler. Um, I felt that there was a built-in contradiction in a character that we'd said was like Mozart in his appreciation of higher mathematics and physics, yet was just on the same career path as any Starfleet cadet. I didn't get it. If Wes is truly special and gifted, what the hell is he doing at the helm? And I actually totally disagree with this. I agree with that. Really? I agree with that. I was not against Wesley leaving Starfleet at all. Yeah. I just think that that kind of thing, that he needed two episodes for that. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind he him leaving Starfleet. He needed two episodes for him to like realize that he needed to get off Starfleet yeah. and, and go for a bigger destiny because that was set up with a traveler. And I totally. do agree with that. But that deserved two episodes in this season, uh, at least for that to be part of the B story or something yeah, earlier. Yeah, I love with that. I would you actually know, love like, for him to come back as a main <clears throat> cast member for the last year and then build to this. Yeah, yes, exactly. Just yeah. something like not just to shoehorn it in and just be like, oh, <laughs> surprise, like. 
Yeah. In a Native American vision? Yeah. He sees his dad and decides this? Like, come on, dude. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it it feels like very tacked on. And I to me, what I loved about the Traveler episode in season one was that they're saying that like Wesley is a genius in the in the realms of like propulsion and mathematics mm-hmm. and, and physics and all this stuff that like Ronald E. Moore was talking about. And I think that like the best place to express that is in Starfleet. And I, I would have loved to have seen him like do something like cool and unique within Starfleet. I thought that would have been so maybe. interesting. Yeah, maybe. Like a, yeah. like almost like how Data, you know, was the first Android, first and only Android yeah. Starfleet officer or something like that. But um I don't know. Sometimes people don't work well in academia. I was not able to stay in school and I feel like I'm intelligent yeah. in, in, my, in the ways that I'm intelligent. And totally. Maybe because in this episode, he did say that he was fed up with all the rules and stuff like that. Right. You know, like he he doesn't want to have an to work. He doesn't want to have to work in those parameters, you yeah. know, like. And I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, yeah. I feel that way about our society, but I feel like Starfleet's a much better society than our society. So. I don't know. Yeah. When I was a kid and I saw this, I was pissed. I was like hurt that Wesley chose something else because I loved how much he loved Starfleet and it kind of hurt personally. Yeah. As an adult, I'm like, I, I totally respect that part of it now. I'm like, yeah, get out of Starfleet if that's what's good for you. But like, tell me a good story about it. At yeah, least. Like, totally. This is not a I good just story. don't like how they just shoehorned that in. That was not fair. Totally. To Wesley at all. Uh, this um, one felt edited to death. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm just not wild. It's just not a strong it just episode. Wasn't great, it's yeah. not that entertaining, and it, I don't know. They have this whole thing about how Picard moved this other guy's original family, like way back in the day. Picard's family and this other guy's oh, family, right? Yeah, uh, and that this was like somehow like karmic retribution. Yeah. Um, yeah. I it just none of it really it was worked weird. for me. It just yeah. didn't seem to fit in the show either. Okay, next up, episode 21, Firstborn. A mysterious family friend and advisor in- encourages Worf's son, Alexander, to become a warrior. So this is Alexander from the future coming back to the past to kill himself in the past. Yeah, dude, chill out, man. This episode is crazy. <laughs> I uh, liked it. I like it, too. I, I like did. it, too. I like it. I like when they go down for the celebration and get to like do all that cool stuff. Yeah, some great Klingon culture stuff yeah. in this episode. Like watching Worf... And Alexander jump into the the play that was happening. Yeah, and and it was that made it more palatable to me. You know how like usually I'm not a fan of like Klingon stuff. I'm just like they just need to chill out, dude. Like yeah, I know you um, say that every time. Yeah, like um, I'm not usually a fan, but it was very palatable this time around with this episode. Seeing like a festival, like seeing a kid like getting involved with it. You know, like it was very fun. That part of it was kind of fun to me. Um, yeah. I'm I'm looking up the uh, the actor who played older Alexander because I thought he was so good in this part. Um, and I, he's been in other Star Trek stuff. Man, they make it hard to find shit on this page. He's like, I love you, Dad. Here we go. Or father. And he's like, and I, you. Yeah. And I just think it's so funny when people say, and I, you. Yeah. <laughs> I am you. Okay, let's see. Uh, it was James Sloyan. So he played several Star Trek characters. His largest, most frequent role was that of Mora Pohl, the Bajoran scientist who first studied Odo. Oh, that's who it is. Um, in Deep Space Nine's second and fifth seasons. Um, oh, okay. He was in this other thing. Let's see. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, he was Admiral Jerok in the Defector. Yeah. That's what I was. That's the one I was thinking of. I knew his. I knew his face looked familiar. And he was on Voyager also. Uh, the Defector is one of my absolute favorite episodes, and he he was like remarkable in that episode, and really good in this one too. Yeah, like, he's he a good actor. So much emotional weight yeah. to whatever he's doing. It's so cool. Uh, I actually really love the twist that this character that we've been watching for the whole episode is Alexander from the future. I think it's, it's really so much more interesting than another Klingon trying to force a kid into being a warrior so mm-hmm. that he can honor his family. I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when it's that person like, trying to tell himself. Yeah, to do so it for reasons that are much, you know more different than just honor, you know, like yeah. it's more about saving his father, you know? Totally. Okay. Justin says, uh, after Gene Roddenberry died, somebody else took over. The, sh- the shooting schedule was interfering with Will Wheaton being in feature films. He wanted to be in this film that went a week into filming of TNG. Oh, I have heard this before, but he couldn't do that because then the first episode of the new season was all about his character. So he passed on the film and then they wrote him out of the episode. Fudge. Uh, and then Will saw it as them saying, we own you. Don't don't you ever try to do anything without us. So we left, but came back as a uh, guest star on four episodes. Wow. Dang. Yeah, that's interesting. That was rude of them. They shouldn't have written him out like that. Yeah. Well, I love that he's in two in the last season. I think that's yeah, super cool. That's great. Yeah, Klingons so- are cool in an Oakland Raiders fan kind of way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are bonkers. Um, perhaps today is a good day to die. Don't do that. All right. So I've always felt like Worf is like a terrible father. and He's gotten so much better, though. He has gotten better. He's yeah. improved. But in this episode, uh, the big moment of growth is the very end where he tells Alexander that he doesn't have to like, yeah. practice today. Don't. Yeah. He's Very like, there's good. plenty of time to to train or whatever because he's training with the Batleth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, I mean, Alexander's there and ready to go and he seemed to want to do it that day. Like, I, I would I would have loved to see is Worf say, do you want to do this? Is right. this what you want to do right now? Because if not, we can do something else together. Yeah. That's what I would have wanted to see there. Right. I don't think, I mean, I feel like that's kind of his way of doing that. I don't know if Worf has right. the language for that. You know? I agree. And I think but, that Alexander needs a parent that has that language because he's part But human. he's working on it. I mean, he yeah. told Alexander, like, you don't have to be a warrior. Yeah. He finally told him that. Like, yeah. you know, it's your life. Totally. Like, and I actually really love... And don't worry about the fact that I'm going to die. We'll figure, you know, we'll figure that out. We can change the future. Like, but... What he says to old Alexander is great. Yeah. Well, yeah. Worf like has that speech, that moment with old Alexander where mm-hmm. they come to terms. And yeah. I, I love that. Like that showed so much growth for Worf. And mm-hmm. I really wanted him to have that moment with young Alexander. And yeah, he, he when it matters. Really. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't really. So I still yeah. feel like he hasn't like, uh, he hasn't developed the emotional language that he needs to be a good parent still. <laughs> He'll oh my get God. there, though. Swag just added a command. Uh, command Jeff is hello, Jeff. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Thank and that'll you. just be in my chat from now Yay. on. That's great. I Remember that. to hello, Jeff, even when I'm not here, guys. <laughs> uh, Who some... hasn't wanted to go back and tell their younger self a thing or two? Totally. Like, literally all the time. So, yeah, what happens to that guy? Like, old Alexander... Old Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> Old like, he, Alexander. He can't go back to his, his future time, can he? Does he go back? They don't make it clear. Is he just living I don't in this know. time now? I, they like they don't make that <laughs> that clear at all. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> oh, it's Command Chief. I, I presume better. I presume that he just ceases to exist because I feel like the future was changed regardless. Yeah, I mean, he it says at the end that he goes off to do something else, but they don't say where he went or how or. 
like I would hope that he would have technology to get back to his time, but it seems like this was a one-way trip. I had a feeling this was a one-way trip. Yeah, it seemed very Terminator to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, it's really interesting that he was willing to kill himself in the past to save his dad. That's weird. Yeah. Chill out, dude. You guys need to chill. Like that's a dumb plan. Like, that's, <laughs> it's such a dumb plan. It's like plan. not necessarily going to do what he wants to do. Why don't you do. just be like, I'm you from the future. You have yeah. to <laughs> be a warrior. Trust that's me. That's already a better plan. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Trust me, dude. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. Anyway, uh, we're getting close to the end of the season here. Episode 22, Bloodlines. Ain't no way this motherfucker is 23 years old. <laughs> this fool is, bitch, you are 40. That's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Damon Bach threatens the life of a son Picard never knew he had. And you're referencing like Picard's, the actor playing Picard's son. Yes. Quote unquote son. Yes, he's supposed to be 23 Jason years Vigo. old. Jason Vigo. Yeah, I didn't even pick that up. You're right. Yeah. No, he's like 40 years old. Look at his face. I mean, he looks so great funny. for 40. He looks great. But he looks terrible but for 23. He looks like, <laughs> I guess he's been in a lot of trouble. He probably smokes and drinks a lot, but I don't know if that'll do that much to you. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about this episode? It was all right. Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I liked that, uh, you know, once they had kind of made the bond that they might be related, they couldn't easily just be like, oh, never mind. Yeah, I did I like that all a lot. Back, That's my you know, favorite part because of the they did develop yeah. some something over this mystery, right? You know, so I like that that was real enough. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, it was good. It I, was good. That actor was a little ridiculous. I feel like it was just obvious that he wasn't going to end up being his son in the end. Uh, yeah, that it was just it kind of so predictable obvious. writing. Yeah, it's also it's like a sequel to an episode from season one. You know, where like Damon Bach. Uh, found Captain Picard's old ship and then like used that mind control device to make Picard think he was back on the Stargazer so he would like destroy the Enterprise or something. I don't know. I vaguely remember like, that. Really convoluted and stupid yeah. uh, episode from season one that did not need to be followed up on. And they even recast Damon Bach because like that actor, I don't know why, that actor wasn't available or whatever. So it's like really not obvious that it's even the same character. That's um, weird. Yeah. And apparently, I, I was like looking this up because I'm like, why did they do this episode? It's so bizarre at the end of the season. Apparently, um, Patrick Stewart was asked by the writers, like, what would you want to see happen with Captain Picard? And he's like, oh, I always thought it was so interesting that there's this this Ferengi out there that hates me and wants me dead and is like running around in the galaxy somewhere. And and this is what they made. To... I like forgot about that guy. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. I, I So I on one hand, I really appreciate the callback as like a big fan. I'm like, oh, it's kind of cool. They're tying this back in. Um, and I actually really like seeing Picard kind of realizing that he wants a kid. I think this episode is about him understanding that something is missing from his life because he never had right. children. And he's never really, like, that's never really been an option for him. No. You know? And well, you see also, that he wants it. He wants this relationship. He He's sabotaging himself, though. He could have, like, gone off with that lady from season six and not yeah. just... You know, I get that he's a career guy, but like, you know, he has options. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I mean, he's been in love with Dr. Crusher the whole time. Yeah. Serious. Uh, <laughs> Sean says the episode where Worf gets hurt and wants to kill himself and is paralyzed 
and his son talks him out of it was very deep and very touching and dealt with real life issues people deal with every day yeah that was that's mm-hmm. an episode we talked about on one of our previous podcasts yeah and it was great i remember you really liked that episode. i really liked that one a lot i also really liked the special effects in that episode i remember being really impressed with that oh yeah yeah with like regrowing his spine mm-hmm. yeah and like that cool hologram with like the spine thing oh yeah that was cool yeah that was, that was it cool. was really cool that was a cool episode yeah i actually remember it and it was like eons ago to me so yeah well as for bloodlines like i definitely i definitely like this episode it's mm-hmm. definitely not on a dislike list at all yeah i don't but, dislike it but that's about the best thing that i can say yeah about it. my biggest problem with it is that it's like right at the end of the series and there's a yeah. couple of duds right at the end of the season yeah like that one's a little bit of a dud and I, th- I think this next one is a little bit of a dud also. Yeah. And there was no reason it had to be placed there in the yeah. <laughs> in the season. They could have just done it earlier or something. Yeah. It's like the, all, of all the stories you had left to tell, yeah. the last like Picard story you're going to tell is this story. Yeah. I, I feel like they could have gone a little deeper and yeah. done a little more. All right, or next. at least made him his son. Yeah, totally. Why don't it you just feel so make much him more his son? Powerful like, that yeah, way. like yeah. I was expecting for it not to be his son. Yeah. It would have been way cooler if like we found out that it was his yeah. son but uh you know yeah i agree that would have yeah. more more resonance i think yeah yeah okay next up episode 23 we have emergence a series of puzzling events on and off the holodeck lead the crew of the enterprise to a surprising conclusion the ship the ship is creating its own offspring the crew has to assist with this arduous process to ensure the survival of the emerging life form and their own I fucking just, I don't think I like the holodeck. It turns ah. out. I think that that's what it is. I think after seven seasons of this, I'm like, yeah. holodeck is just never my favorite thing. I think this episode is such I a- I would love to have a holodeck to play with. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I think but, it's such a cool idea, but it's boring. Yeah. Like they took this super cool idea of like this being created by a starship based off of the experiences of all of the crew in the last seven years. And I feel like they're trying to make a statement about how- uh, you know, all of our journeys together, how could this thing possibly be bad? You know, if it's taking right. on us, like we should give it the chance to live. But it's just boring. Like the episode itself is boring and was slow. There, what was the B story on this? Is there a B story? See, that's the problem. If there wasn't, then... Oh, Data practicing his Shakespeare. That's not a B story. That's the beginning and the end of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. I like that, though. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why this episode is boring is because yeah, it doesn't have, have a B just story. Had a, the, it wasn't a strong enough thing on its own to carry yeah. the whole episode. They should have had some other thing going on. Yeah. And I think maybe that, they did. And I'm just maybe that was boring, too. And I don't remember it. But if, if I ha- if I were telling the story, I would spend the first half with what they did with like a, an emerging intelligence coming out of the ship and then forming a body. And the second half would be like, what is this thing? And how does it like? Is this like, mm-hmm. what is it going to do? Like, how is it going to exist? What the fuck just happened? Yeah. I would do that for the second half of the story. Because that's way so more interesting trying to talk to than Worf shuggle- freaking... shoveling coal so that this sh- the train can go faster. I literally, when he started doing that, I talk to myself a lot when I'm watching TV. <laughs> yeah. Like, you hear me in the other room and I'm like, what? Yeah. And that, I literally went like, what is that? Like, yeah. what? Like, I was like, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, and yeah, it's okay. I mean, when I think about what happened in that episode, I'm like, that was cool. But when I watch, I'm like, bored, yeah. bored. Next up, we have uh, Preemptive Strike, which is episode 24. Lieutenant Rowe is sent undercover to root out a Maquis cell. Lieutenant Rowe now, she got promoted. Yes. 
Justin says, next stop, Vertiform City. Yeah, that was embarrassing. Yeah, like all the background <laughs> characters are like super yeah. like hokey. Dumb. Hokey yeah. and dumb. And, like, they're all like very unintelligent characters because they yeah. don't really have intelligence. I would rather have seen a Murder on the Orient Express episode. Hmm. Like had them where they're stuck in a holodeck and someone's going to get murdered on yes, the Orient Express. Why not? Yeah. They do it all the time. They may as well just take a concept that's really cool and yeah, like <laughs> do totally. their own version of that. Yeah. I still wouldn't have liked it as much, but no, I, I yeah, no. But um I would have seen I would rather have seen something like that than that mess. Totally. Well, let's talk about uh Preemptive Strike, which is a an ep- another episode that's like so strangely placed in the season because mm-hmm. it's the second to last episode and it's about Ro yeah. who hasn't been on the show all season yeah. and you don't see that much of the main cast which is yeah. so weird. Wait, and I like Ro. I love Ro. And, I love and, this episode. Yeah, and it's a really, it's a good episode but yeah. yeah, it was kind of a surprise. I wish it had been like one episode earlier. Yeah. That's all it would have taken for me and it would have fixed my main problem with this episode which is just like, <laughs> Why do this second to last episode of the show? Yeah. But I do love this episode a lot. It is a really good episode. Um, her haircut was very, very distracting for me. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> but but it was a really good episode. And I, you know, in the end, she, did she ever really get, she didn't get over, did she learn anything? She like betrays she betrays Picard and Starfleet and, and goes off with the Maquis. Uh-huh. Like she she finds a sense of belonging for the first time. I think that she was always like a square peg in a round hole. Right. Round hole That's always been her thing. Yeah. And but, discovering a place where she could be a square peg with other square pegs is kind of like the, the, the point of the episode. Yeah, I guess so. But also like they kind of set it up where like her prejudice against the... Um, Cardassians. Cardassians. Yeah is what accidentally lands her, you know, right. In this begin the beginning of the episode that's like I agree up, with right? that. That is so a problematic. So does she never element. learns to not hate people? While people are while we're trying right. to heal what we're we yeah, the whole I'm in the idea, Federation. The whole idea of the Maquis is kind like, of like maybe it's okay this. to hate Cardassians. Yeah, that's yeah. weird to me. That's the only yeah. thing. That's the only thing. I thought it was a really good episode, but like I was really hoping that she would start to learn that she doesn't, you know, have to be a hater and like sort of just right. work with the Federation. Patrick Stewart did direct that, right? Yeah, Patrick Stewart directed yeah. this, which is really interesting. I did notice that. Uh, and it, it is the first episode that introduces the Maquis. Although I think the real introduction of the Maquis happens on Deep Space Nine, if I'm remembering correctly. Because yeah. like yeah, the Maquis I know. are already up and running. And yeah. it's kind of confusing at the beginning. If you haven't seen... Uh, Deep Space Nine I think they make it more explicit what's happening I mean I I was able to understand out of oh, context okay. you know cool. like it's not hard to take the context because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that like like the one with Patrick Stewart or Patrick or Jean-Luc's son or whatever like I didn't remember that guy but I was like oh okay it's easy enough to understand that guy wants to kill him <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know like totally um, but yeah I understand that the Cardassians the Cardassians occupied her planet for 50 years but that's right. my point like you know I thought she was going to like learn that that not that all Cardassians part, are evil yeah it's about prejudice and yeah. it's about you know we've totally. got hundreds of years of racism you know in our country that we're trying to heal like there's always going to be a point in trying to heal it yeah you know absolutely. so like you know like they did that episode with O'Brien a couple years back where uh it's like, it's not you I hate, Cardassian. It's what I became because of you. Yeah. Uh, that whole thing about how, like, you're at war and then you, you're you at peace and then what happens? Like, yeah. Like, what's your relationship then? And the Bajorans are 
a very like wounded people. I mean, the Bajorans mm-hmm. have been devast their their society has been devastated by the Cardassians right. for a long time. Yeah, and they have every right to be angry about that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the but whole you thing- also have to want to, you want to have you have to want the problem to end. On Star Trek, I want to see them overcome these issues yeah. because that's like a big thing that the show does a lot and does really well. Yeah. But I, I do actually like that they didn't do that this time, that, that you have a character. I mean, Captain Picard is kind of the bad guy in the episode if you look at it from uh, from a certain point of view, yeah. from like Rose's point of view, yeah. where she's finding this place of belonging. And she's she's finding good people that, that she can finally feel at home with, but they are also terrorists. Yeah. I that's yeah it's 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 a mixed bag I mean also her taking off and standing up for what she thinks is right kind of harkens back to the kind of thing that Picard admires in people yeah so and and he was very happy to have her back everyone was so stoked when she came back you know so like um it's interesting yeah there's a scene in this episode that's one of my favorite scenes where uh Roe and Picard meet in a bar and she's like he she's he's debriefing her mm-hmm. but she's pretending to be a prostitute and they go and like stand over in the corner and they're like really close to each other and like touching each other that happens in this episode yeah oh gosh how yeah. did i not notice that didn't you said that you you didn't you weren't able to finish this one right it was the only episode oh you yeah finish. i watched the first two-thirds of it yeah, yeah. so and i didn't you read see the that because you ran out of time you want yeah. to watch the last episode yeah yeah you got to go back and watch this it's i want to scene. i read the synopsis and i did skip for you know i like tried to get like pieces yeah you know before i but yeah i'll go back and watch that because that sounds yeah. awesome it's amazing they're like so close together and they're actually touching each other like slightly intimately while talking about this like serious thing that's, that's happening hot. i also feel like it's kind of rose way of saying good she's like wants to say goodbye to him i think that she maybe knows that, that she might not be it. going back yeah know? uh at this point i don't think she's made the decision yet but i think there's a part of her that really wants to reach out to him and she's like this episode's about a character searching for a father figure mm-hmm. like someone whose father was tortured and killed in front of her and then she finds one and he dies and she finds when he dies yeah. yeah but then what he says to her is like great leaders come up in the times where they are needed he basically says to her like you don't need shit. Like you're the real deal. You're going to lead these people. You know, when I'm gone, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here when I'm gone. Yeah. And I think that that's the validation, the parental validation that she's always needed. So she was always going to pick that. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I love it. I, I love this episode. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not against the way it ended. It was just very surprising for me yeah. to see that, I'd that lo- that's the last we see of Ro. She betrays the Federation and pieces out with these terrorists. And I'm like, yeah. damn, that's real. Like we're getting real. We're almost done with this right yeah, now. Like, totally. Yeah. Like Riker says goodbye to her and it's forever, you know? Oh my God. Uh, I read an expanded universe novel where uh, during the Dominion War, Ro and Picard ended up on a mission together and he was so mad at her for being a Maquis this whole time. Oh, really? That's cool. And also, uh, Tarek and uh, Sam Lavelle from Lower Decks were in that book also on like a a prison thing. It was really cool. That's awesome. Okay. Well, we made it to the thing that we've really wanted to talk about all night. Which Which I keep coming back to this last episode. Last episode. Uh, Yeah. All Good Things, episode 25 and 26. Although on Netflix, they have the... Uh, the version that's cut together, which I think yeah, was the original airing. Yeah, that's what I just airing. watched. Yeah. I think um, they cut it into two episodes for, for replays, but I think when it was I'm first sure. on, it was one. It was an hour and a half long almost. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So the synopsis on Memory Alpha is, Picard learns from Q that he is to be the cause of the annihilation of humanity and begins an incredible journey through time from the present to the past when he first took command of the Enterprise to 25 years into the future. What's today's date? The date. 
Stardate 47988. 47988. Captain, what's wrong? 47988. I'm not sure. I don't know how or why, but I'm moving back and forth through time. Yeah, I, I walked into your apartment like yeah. in tears because yeah. I had just finished finished watching it. Yeah. Um, and it was just a really good episode. Yeah, a lot of times with these like two long drawn out ones, like it feels drawn out and like it feels like they didn't need to have it be that long, but I thought that it was a good length. Totally. Yeah, I thought that everything that we explored was really... I think they left things in a in a really good way. I thought it was a really good finale. Yeah. Like, At first, I wasn't so sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, but as things started building up, I was like, this is just amazing. And, and it really did take the time that it needed, you know, yeah. to build everything up. I think that it's like one of the best pieces of storytelling yeah. in the visual medium that I've ever seen. You know, I just like really love it. I yeah. love everything about it. Yeah, and I don't think I disliked anything. As yeah. a kid, I remember seeing it for the first time and being devastated that the show was ending. But then like the the whole episode is just leading up to Picard playing poker with the crew. Like that's the whole point. So of that's it. why I was crying. Yeah. I was like, oh, I should have done gosh. this a long time ago. Yes. Oh, it's so it's good. So good. Like, that moment is pure magic. To what me. was the last line? Something about the stars. The sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like when it's five like... <laughs> card stud, nothing wild. And the sky's the limit. Yeah. Oh my God. Perfect last line. This uh, was well planned and one of the best finales ever. We agree. Yeah. I, yeah we really I, do. I really like that these episodes show that all of Q's mischievous actions actually had a greater purpose. All, totally. Yes, absolutely. It I was reframes so the entire happy. series. It really redoes, in, in, in the best way, it doesn't totally. retcon any with anything. It just reframes stuff. Yeah. And, and, um, and, you know, it's not like it's retconning the fact that, like, Q is a fucking asshole because he is an asshole. Totally. You know, that he did a lot of dick stuff. And yes, it was all in his twisted way for the greater good. He was giving us a chance. Yeah. You know, but, um, but, you know, it's also not his people's place to say, you know, like, and, uh, you know, it, I just really love how it reframed everything. And he actually turned out kind of being a friend, you know, like, totally. it so, was really, yeah. really good. What I took from it this time is that. I mean, he says the trial never ended, the trial from the first and episode. And it never ends. Where, where humanity is he on trial. Also said. But what I never really thought about before is that if Q is the representation of the Q continuum, and the Q continuum is, is demanding him put humanity on trial, Q is an advocate for humans not being destroyed. Yeah. And Q keeps giving us chances over and over. And like Q even says in this episode, you know, the helping hand was my idea. Yeah. The Q continuum is like... When I was watching it this time, I was like, well, wait, if the if the anomaly is caused by the time shifting, then why doesn't Picard realize that this is Q's fault? Because, like, if Q is causing his time shifting, then this has to be Q's fault. But right. it's not. It's, you know, the continuum demanded that Q do this because they're at the point where they're ready to destroy humanity. Yeah. Like, they think that humanity has had enough of a break and they either need to pass this test or be wiped out from existence. Yeah. Because I, I think the Q view humanity as a race that could someday come up to their level of consciousness right and, and that's they, dangerous and they're to exclusive yeah. about who they let yeah. do that and i think they want to make sure that if you get to that point you are going to be a positive contributor to whatever that looks like at that level of society mm -hmm. and that this whole show has been a test to see if humanity lives up to that uh standard and and then they finally passed the test in the last and episode. two and two picards died yeah you know like and they were willing to even like the yeah. first 
um, even the the early one early timeline yeah Picard, the like younger that. yeah they they died and they i loved the speech that he gave them he's like this is coming out of nowhere yeah. i know that you guys really have no reason to trust me this is my first like freaking couple days here and i'm asking you guys to risk your lives and you might die yeah. you know and um and you don't really know why you just have to trust me sort of thing and um, I just really liked the, just that whole speech. Like, was getting me riled up. I was like, totally. "Yeah, let's do this." You I know? would do like, anything that man asked yeah, me to at I was, that point. It was just such a good, such yeah. a good speech. Although he'd been acting so weird and like seeing things and hearing things, like yeah. I, I wonder if I would have trusted him in that moment. I'd be like, I don't know about this guy. This new but captain that's how seems crazy. Good the speech was. They were, <laughs> they were like, "All right, dude, we're with you, man." Yeah. Like, you, you know, that, I feel, I feel like they felt his experience with them. Like he really did know them, and they didn't know how it could be yeah but, but they felt like he really did know them in that moment yeah and, and he was able to convince them that way i know you have your doubts about me about each other about the ship all i can say is that although we have only been together for a short time i know that you are the finest crew in the fleet and i would trust each of you with my life so I'm asking you for a leap of faith and to trust me. I love that he doesn't confide in anyone in the past because he's worried it'll break the timeline mm -hmm. because it forces those characters back into an earlier dynamic when Picard was more closed off yeah. in seasons one and two. Uh, I mean, he really starts to open up, I think, in season four after his experience with the Borg. Yeah. Uh, so I, I love that it made him more at odds with the crew or more like standoffish in a way that felt kind of oddly familiar with those characters at that point before they knew each other so Gosh, well. That that was one of my favorite things about this episode, something that I was talking about earlier, just seeing how much they've grown, yeah. you know, because you get to see season one and I love how they were able to jump back into those dynamics. Yeah, and, seamlessly. And seeing early data, not understanding, you know, these oh, like, like, so um, good. not colloquialisms, what is it? the word anyway just you know slang terms yeah, and like yeah, yeah. figures of speech and stuff like figures that of speech yeah yeah um like he he didn't understand those back then and right. and over time you don't notice that he gets better at that stuff because you've been following the story for so long so when you see that parallel with early data and with 25 years later data even still even yeah, better even more human yeah even more human like uh seeing all of old them except for troy may she rest in peace yeah um, all of old them back on the bridge, like he commanded them, even though it was Beverly's or at that point, the Admiral, Admiral Riker's, uh, command. Yeah. Technically he started commanding everyone and it was so cool to see like everyone older and still following the commands and just being right there on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. Just so much great stuff that, that I just loved in this episode. It was so just intoxicating. I loved it. Totally. Yeah. yeah it, it, my favorite part of the show is the interaction between the characters. And this was like an examination of it to find mm -hmm. the best way forward for them after we, they leave us yeah. as a show. And I mean, they talk about how seeing how they'd all grown apart was reason to value each other because they love each other so much yeah. and, and their family and i think maybe it's easy sometimes to to be in a good point in your life and take it for granted and i think that this time on the enterprise is like a high point in the lives of all these characters yeah and then to see them in the future after it had ended and see what they had lost 
and then to tell those people in the present, like, this is how that's going to feel. Yeah. Value this now. And that's that's what and pushes so Picard over the edge to go sit and play and poker. Play poker with because he didn't think that that was appropriate. So yeah. the, the whole time he's been running the yeah, ship. Yeah, but he's like, no, this is exactly when it's appropriate because we're never going to be this close again. Yeah, this totally. is you know this is this it is our for, time for our time. You yeah. know, and and you know everyone grows and they become. That's not bad. You know, um, it sucks that Riker and Worf weren't friends for so long. You yeah. know, because of the Troy thing, and uh, uh, so what's the deal with? Um, Jordy's eyes did he figure that out or they what? were like implants oh okay because yeah. I know they looked weird but he didn't need the visor anymore yeah 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 uh so this shows like a possible future but then there are movies that are made they go further into the future mm-hmm. past the show uh and I mean even in the show it says like that future can't happen anymore because all right. like, we are all know about it right so then it's really interesting to see the movies where they they write out more of the future of these characters uh, and see like what from that episode they used and what they didn't. Right. Um, Does Troy die? I'm not telling you anything. Oh, man. Uh, but all I'm, the of only the thing boxes I will... felt checked off. No, no loose ends. ends. Yeah, totally. Yeah, follow. and I, I love that. Yeah, it it left me feeling so satisfied as a kid, and yeah. even rewatch. I've rewatched the show several times since then, uh, and completing this rewatch that I've been working on for the last like almost two and a half years with you. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm like fuck. That's good. Like so satisfying. I love it. I love it because it's not satisfying just because they tied up a bunch of loose ends. Because a lot of series will do that, and it it's very forced. You know what I mean? Like yeah. no one's endings are ever going to be that happy. That doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? It's not right. actually an ending though. They kind of leave it open ended. Right. That's the thing. Like you get to see some of this future, um, and, but it's not like a, then they live happily ever after. Like in this future, Troy has passed away, you know, in this future, Riker and Worf are not friends. And yeah, now we have a chance to fix it. Now the the sky's the limit, you know? And I like that it's kind of like an ending that just leaves it very open for a number of things to happen. Totally. You know, um, it's it's a good ending because to me it's realistic. Yeah. Yeah. There's like this weird trend of shows having to have like a finite ending. Yes, exactly. That's like something that The Sopranos like fought against. Yeah. Uh, And I feel like if you are a show like Lost or Battlestar Galactica where you are saying... Like this show has a, or this story has a beginning, middle, and end. You better fucking give me the end. Yeah. But for episodic television, there's no need to do that. I yeah. mean, it's actually kind of more effective not to. And I think that the writers of this episode understood what it was that made this show special and why people loved it. And it was yeah. the characters. Yeah. You know, it's the interactions of the characters. And to push them one step closer to like happiness and togetherness and the final moment of the show is brilliant it's yeah. like the perfect thing in to such do. in such a simple gesture uh-huh and not yeah. in some like big grand way you know like yeah. just the simple act of him just like sitting down with them and he, so when good. he says like i should have done this long ago and Troy says you are always welcome like all of them know yeah that he's been an idiot this whole time <laughs> like all of them know that he's holding himself back from being closer to them and then it's not necessarily uh, something that he has to do but he yeah. feels like it's important because he's the captain and he needs that distance and that's okay they respect that and then he finally gets over it he knows that they're always going to be there for him in the end yeah he's seen it yeah you know 
and imagine if he even forged that friendship even closer. That's you know? a good point. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, that's really interesting. He has seen that, like, even when he's suffering from a neurological degenerative disease and raving they, like a madman, yeah, they even still if they don't do believe says. him one hundred percent, you yeah. know, I mean, they will do what's responsible. They're not going to let him hurt himself, you yeah. know. But and also, like, getting the band back together when they're older is wonderful. So cute. Like, such a great choice. I mean. I, and Q doesn't even show up until halfway through. Can and, we talk about how cool Q is in this episode? Um, I fucking loved his chair that keeps moving around while he's yeah. talking. That was that was in the first episode too. I forgot about it. Yeah, I totally forgot about it. But it's a funny chair. Yeah, it's awesome. That outfit's hilarious. Like, and he's like playing twenty questions. Yeah, but like you can you can ask a yes or no question. You have like ten yeah. questions, and then he fucks with them on how many he can. Yeah. Ask. Yeah. And then he like takes the rest of his questions away because he says why. Yeah. 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 Not a yes or no question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For I, the rest of your questions. I, it made Q make so much more sense yeah. too. Like, cause you can, you've always known that Q likes Picard. It just shows up in the performance that yeah. Q wants to hang out with these guys. Yeah. That maybe Q's That's life. That's why he's always showing up in the Starfleet uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and then to to see that maybe Q has been our advocate among the Q continuum, it yeah. like really re- reframes all of our interactions with him in such an interesting way. Because I think Q has been trying to push us towards uh, passing this test. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's I been his that goal the whole time. Apparent, yeah. Yeah, like when he takes Picard in, in tapestry and and shows him his youth to show them like the decisions he's making in the future. I think he's trying to subtly yeah. shape how Picard, well, that's definitely how Picard when responds I stopped to things. hating Q for yeah, sure. That, that is episode. a great episode. Yeah. Um, Cause I just really didn't like him as for at first, but then he's complex, you know, like, and then you start seeing more and more of what he's about. And now yeah. I like, like you, you know, yeah. it's, it's really cool. There's also some wonderful cameos in this episode. They have ambassador Tomalak, uh, the Romulan dude. He was in that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Played by Andreas Katsoulis. That's how they were able to go into the neutral zone, right? Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and he was Jakar in Babylon 5. And I love him as Tomalak. I've always loved him. And I forgot that he was in the final episode. I totally forgot. And when he showed up, I was so excited. I loved seeing O'Brien in the last episode. Uh, Tasha, yes. We saw so many great people. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, Just seeing O'Brien in the... the, in the early timeline, just yeah. like being all confused. Like <laughs> it was so funny because he was in the first episode also, yeah. but he was way thinner and he fit that uniform a lot better. And, and he, uh, and he wasn't like a, an engineer guy, right? Well, they, Picard refers to him as chief, but, uh, that's cause he's the transporter chief later. Right. I don't think he's a transporter chief in season one. I don't think that happens till like, season no, three he or was four. promoted or something. Yeah, yeah. But I, but Picard is also like bouncing back and forth. So he might, not know where he was when he said no, that. No, no, I'm just saying, I don't know if he called him that. I'm just saying that, like, he was like, trust me, I can use you down in here. Oh, right, 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 yeah. And he's like, you can do it. Like, I know yeah. you can. Like, oh, I see yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because at this point, uh, Colmini was a main character on Deep Space Nine. Like, O'Brien is a main character on Deep yeah, Space Nine. that's and, awesome, because I love him. Yeah, so he'd been off yeah. of Next Gen for, like, two years, and then this was a special guest appearance of another main actor on another Star Trek yeah. show. But this is what he came up doing. So it was just so That is so, so cool. cool. Yeah. That is so cool. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, That's they kind rad. of like honored the actor a little bit. That is by, so cool. By letting him do that. And then also saying that he was a special guest star. Um, how did you feel about Denise Crosby coming back as Tasha? It was great. 
It was great because that's I we've had her back a few times and I'm always kind of lukewarm on that because mm-hmm. I'm just like it's oh, not Tasha. It's not you. Yeah, yeah. I want Tasha Yar back. I don't want this other version that's like a Romulan. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could give a shit about that. Yeah, Cela, right? I want yeah, I want I yeah. want real Tasha. So it was cool to have her back, even though I didn't get to really see her kick any ass or anything like that. Yeah. Um it was really cool to see her. I, just I, being Tasha Yar. <laughs> uh, Sean says, "Have either of you seen the Comic Con videos where Brent Spiner does a Patrick Stewart impression?" I have seen that. And it's not. amazing. I will He's look like, it got up. It down. It's I bet he so does. Funny. He's a really great actor. Uh, yeah, and Paula says, "Q is guardian angel instead of annoying little brother." What a concept to end with. Totally. I love it. Yeah, that's a really great way to put that. Fire goddess, is that all good things a reference to the episode that we're talking about right now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it must be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, this this episode is still like in my top ever of the show like there's times where i've it's, wondered if maybe it's my favorite episode it's it's a really good one yeah it's up there for me for sure yeah for sure like, actually now that i think about it i think one of my favorite episodes because it's always people are always asking us this question yeah um and sorry to cut you off again oh no no um, i already but, forgot but, what i was saying <laughs> but uh but what's it called i think that um one that I can, I'll, I'll have to go back and look definitively at the list. I wish I had one for this episode to like read off to you about which ones are my yeah. favorite episodes. I should have prepared more, but I, will, I, I was thinking the same thing. I, will, I should have done. That. I will definitely say that um, the ones where other people are commanding the ship. So, so Beverly being a commander and oh, Beverly. Was captaining she the, her own ship yes oh, captaining yeah. her own ship that was one of my favorite moments of the entire series i loved it and she was captain picard she was captain picard we didn't even talk about that yes oh, oh so good so anytime that that's happening that's one of my favorite things ever mm-hmm. um just seeing how, what somebody else does with that role so um definitely in my top five are the ones when data is like why wouldn't you consider me to command a ship and he's right. like oh wow i didn't think about that yeah sure command a ship and that was he, best of both worlds part too, I think it? something like that. It was the second parter, and um, and uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I love the it. The blue too. lips have been have been a hit. Yeah. <laughs> a hit. Maybe I'll start wearing it's, it. It's one of my <laughs> signature. My bitmoji has blue lips and blonde hair. <laughs> nice. Um, but what's it called? Um, uh, what's it called? Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, Data captaining a ship, and then like forcing somebody to take his orders remember that person was like one of the people on the bridge was like kept arguing with him and he's like you need to listen to me yeah you know like that is your job right now to listen to me stop being like this you know in a way cooler way in a more daily way but that's what he was saying and that happened again uh in this uh um season when Worf kept questioning data's uh data's decisions because data was commander because picard was indisposed or something like that the whole away team was gone at one episode anyway yeah. anytime that happens that's your thing i that's my thing i nice. love that yeah so yeah i really loved seeing crusher or sorry m- m- captain picard yeah running her own ship that what was did you amazing. think about the fact that they had gotten married and divorced I loved that. So did I. I loved yeah. that. That is so much more realistic to me than being like, then these two people got together and then right. these two people got together and everyone right. lived happily ever after. Like Totally. Yeah. Like, and then they show Worf and Troy together, like in the prime timeline, like in reality, like they now, are dating. Yeah. They yeah. are together. And yeah. he's like, I feel like we should talk to Riker about this. And he's like, she's like, he's fine, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> it just makes you want to see more so badly. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. I want to see them together so badly. Absolutely. Um, 
I love that they ta- they like dangle that like a tantalizing little thing like oh maybe Worf and Troy would be good together I don't know oh. and then finally the very last episode it happens and it just it just feels so good yeah I love it well they don't kiss though they're about to they're about to and then but they and they then were gonna. Picard needs to freaking what's the date what's the date block, tell me the date block her oh man there's, like a, <laughs> there's a line where he says I just like walking around the the Enterprise with my bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. Sean says, what about future data? He had that white streak in his hair. He looked like a skunk. It was hot. I loved it. Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, totally. I loved it. Yeah, I liked it too. Remember when he like grew a beard? Because he thought it was distinguished? Yeah, that was weird. This was totally a callback to that where (laughs) he said that it looks like distinguished. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. His maid is all like making fun of him. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. I loved loved him in this episode so much. I love that... uh, I love that not having the conversation about Troy is what broke Worf and Riker apart. Yeah. Because they never had the chance after she died. Yeah. And she mentioned they, you know, he's like, maybe I should talk to, to Riker. So I bet you he's going to now. Yeah. You know, like, I'm sure he will now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to jeopardize that friendships. Yeah, totally. And you see a kiss between Picard and Beverly. Yes. Finally. Which, uh, which didn't actually happen because the timeline was reset, which oh, yeah. bums me out. I So I don't know, like, they don't really answer the question of, like, will Captain Picard and Beverly still go down this road? Because I feel like if they know they're going to get divorced, maybe they won't go down the road. I wonder about that. Oh, that's a good... They're, they are the probably the most likely to just be like, maybe we shouldn't do this, though. They're yeah. always bitching out like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I don't want to tell you anything more because, like, I mean, Worf comes back on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, so. don't say yeah. anything. I don't want to know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Data never really got over Tasha. You no. never get over your first. No, it's your first. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if Data dated other people, though, now that he's like has feel I, i'm pretty sure that it's pretty strongly alluded to that he, that he has got feelings. the personality chip or the yeah. feelings thing well i really want i really want to know what you think about the movies i would love uh if you want to watch how many four. movies are there four? four god dude well the first two are are, are amazing and the yeah. second two i really like but a lot of people don't okay uh, but there's like really fun, good stuff in all four. I'll probably watch them. Yeah. It's just so, I just watched seven seasons of something, yeah. you know, and well, like, let me know if you watch my them, focus I, I would love is to chat with so difficult. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I am on, on the internet so much. It's ruined any sense of like, um, focus yeah. <laughs> that I have. <laughs> like, I just like, I, I can't stand, I'm, I'm really bad at movies now. Like the internet like has ruined them. me for movies, like just sitting there for like three hours at a time, just watching one thing, you know, like, yeah. like I have no problem with the sitting there part, but just watching one thing for three hours. Cause you're on your phone, right? While yeah, you're watching. So yeah. It's like doing totally. all kinds of stuff. Like I can't just like, I need to not be on the internet so much. It's really yeah. the, the answer. But. <laughs> well, if you, if yeah. you, what, let me know if you've watched those movies cause I'm okay. dying to know what you think I'll let you them. know. I'm yeah. still deciding if I'm going to watch if I'm going to take a break yeah. from Star Trek or if I'm going to go on and watch DS9. You know, DS9, I think if you're having... I love DS9 and I recommend every episode. There are some bad ones for sure, of course, mm-hmm. but that's part of the, the experience of Star Trek. Yeah. I'm but sure. you could always like find a list of you know must-see episodes. I would never do that. I would... Cool. I, would, <laughs> I appreciate that. I would just watch all of it if I'm going to watch it. Yeah. 
<laughs> what about when data? I was dated thinking that about that. Trying to figure out love and relationships. Yeah, yeah. that was funny. That's I like that episode. Yeah, yeah. That's the first one that Patrick Stewart directed. Oh, really? Yeah. It was good. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you finished the show, I mean, we talked in the very first episode about how I think that this show is like really influential on modern pop culture. It absolutely is. I would, I would definitely come to that same conclusion for sure. Um, just a lot of what I see is just very reminiscent of things that I've watched growing up, which came out well after mm-hmm. Star Trek TNG. So yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. Yeah. And are you, are you happy that you took this journey? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I loved, I loved almost all of it. Some of them were garbage, whatever that happens with any show that's been, that runs 26 episodes a season, you know, and does it for seven years. Uh, But uh, yeah, I definitely am because it's, it's one of those things where if I mention Star Trek, most people I know have watched it. Yeah. And I never know what what they're talking about. So <laughs> I'm just glad to like be part of that world if anything. Yeah, like, I mean, you've seen every episode of of what I think is probably the most yeah. highly regarded of the Star Trek. It really is, and at least now. And it's uh it's I think I've never seen any of the other Star Trek stuff, but I see that I think that that's with good reason for sure. The writing yeah. is great, almost everything's great. It's definitely a product of the time, you know. Yeah. Native American episodes, notwithstanding, you know, like uh, most of it is really good, and most of it is is uh, is um, ahead of its time. Yeah, I would say. I so yeah. for me rewatching it, I, I had watched it probably like seven or eight years ago, all the way through. It had been a little bit since I'd seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watch episodes here and there all the time, but I hadn't done like a straight watch through in, in quite a while. Yeah. Uh, so for me. In the first episode of this podcast, I talked about how I thought it was the best show ever made and that nothing was ever going to be better than it, than Star <laughs> Trek. And I was so excited to like rewatch it again. And I came to the conclusion, I, I mentioned this to you last time we recorded, that I think it's my favorite show ever. But but TV has changed so much. Like, we are definitely in a golden age. We're in a golden age yeah, of TV. Where, like, like, you don't have bad episodes and seasons anymore. Yeah. It's not like expected to have a couple of duds per season. Because yeah. you're not making 26 hours of TV every season mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. So, uh, And I also have learned from the show itself that like trying to say that something is the best of anything is like foolish. Well, yeah. I think that we would learn from Picard that you yeah. never want to speak in an absolute like that. Totally. You and never like, know. for me, it's my favorite show. I've also really been able to kind of tie a lot of it to nostalgia mm-hmm. that some of it I just love so much because like it connects me to my own memories because I've watched well, it my think- whole life and it like I, I can watch an episode and be back in five other moments where I've seen that episode at different ages, just like Picard in the last episode and like experience that a little bit myself. Well, I think that that's definitely why you wanted to have this podcast because I've never yeah. seen it before. So yeah. it's it's easy for me to, I don't have nostalgia connected to this whatsoever. Right. And so, I was curious to see what so, you thought. So there's some, there are some episodes, if you go back and listen to all seven of the Star Trek episodes. Yeah. Uh, you'll, Which were all at least two parters. Well, most of them are at least two parters, yeah, or just really long, or just really long. Um, yeah. But if you go back and listen to all of them, uh, there are a lot where you think they're great, and I'm like, that was a garbage episode. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's also been a couple you know, times where you liked episodes that I hated, and you ha- and I yeah. hated them, you know, and and you have to wonder how much of that is nostalgia and how right. how much of that is uh, just taste, just taste. Like things, yeah. there is no this is the best and this is the worst. Mm-hmm. There's like, this is what I like the most and this yeah. is what you like. 
But exactly. but I can definitely safely say at the end of this journey, once again, that this is still my favorite show. It is wonderful. I loved it. I would say that it's definitely up there for me. I don't know if it's something that I'm going to go back and watch all of repeatedly, like Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah. Currently, I'm in my probably eighth rewatch of that entire uh, series. <laughs> like New Who? Yeah, New Who. Yeah. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> um, but uh, what's it called? I don't listen to any of like the... I don't. I, I liked Torchwood. I've talked about this before. We should do a Doctor Who podcast. I want to do down. that. Yeah, um, just like an episode to talk about Doctor Who because I can yeah, easily that, talk about that'd be that great. We've time. talked about doing that. A, yeah, so, like times. almost every time we, we, we get did together. It once when you were going to start a show. Yeah, it was bad though. It never got you're you're we so much so better at this. High. We were so high. You hadn't been doing that for this this for that long. Yeah, and I am just not a podcast host. Like I'm yeah. not. That's not me, you know. Um, I got extra high because you were driving and then we didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was just, Ugh. yeah, it was bad. So anyway, we should do one where you're running the show. I would love to do that. I'd but anyway, to, yeah. um, my point is, uh, I don't know if I'm going to go back and watch the entire thing over and over again, but yeah. I'm definitely going to go back for certain episodes. I know yeah. that there's, there are going to be times and I'm just going to want to watch, you know, um, data, you know, in a relationship or data, yeah. you know, like the, uh, the, um, lol episode i definitely want to watch that again i definitely want to watch that episode where they have that video game that gives them orgasms and nearly oh my kills God, everybody yeah <laughs> yeah somebody so, made a vr version of that saw, for a vr I, headset I oh yeah you said yeah, that yeah, to yeah. me oh my god That's crazy um i was like have we learned nothing <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man we missed some comments here let's see yeah. uh Paula says, save DS9 until you start missing the Star Trek world. That's good I think advice. That that's a good, I think that's great like that. advice, and I'll probably do that. I just don't think it'll be very long before yeah. I pick it up. <laughs> I think that's good. Yeah. That's a good sign. Um, also, I'm really curious to see what you think of Discovery, the new one. I'm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not ready to start that yet. Okay. Um, I have this thing about starting TV shows nowadays. I hate when other people influence my opinion and I'm getting too many opinions from different directions about it. And I uh -huh. want to be detached from that before I start watching it. Cool. I like that. Um, uh, fire goddess says no TV show has added as much to current pop culture as this, as the star Treks. I can see that just in the sheer number of Star Trek material that there's been. Yeah. I think like Star Trek and Star Wars are both like really high up there. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Whovian in the house. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Paula says it's so super cool of Jeff to devote so much time to this project and let all of us see it from a fresh perspective. I totally agree. Oh, that, thanks that, that guys. Me. Yeah. I really I've that. really appreciated being a part of it. Um, and you, yeah. you always leave it until the last week before we're going to record. Almost to watch, always. To yeah. watch the entire season. Yeah. And you know what? I don't regret it. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I regret not starting a day earlier. Basically, yeah. I would like to not be coming in having just watched the last episode necessarily. I don't want to yeah. be under the wire, but I do like that. It's always fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, because I have a memory problem because I smoke so much weed. So like Dude, if I, <laughs> I so if I like watched it in a decent amount of time, I would come back not remembering anything. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for listening to my words, you guys. Um, yeah. Uh, Justin's still behind on Doctor Who. Hasn't seen all the Capaldi episodes. And Fire Goddess says so much love for Discovery. Loving the cast. I, I'm conflicted on Discovery. I know Paula doesn't care for it. Um, I... I've loved a few episodes and then a few I was like really angry at. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's been really interesting for me to like, because I know you pretty well. We've known each other for a long time. And it's it's been really interesting for me to see someone that I know that well go through the journey of Star yeah. Trek for the first time. Yeah. And actually, Andy has started watching it uh, since we've been dating. And so she's, you get to see it all again I'm from doing somebody again, else's yeah. eyeballs. And with that one, I've been coming in and out. Like, I'm not yeah. watching every episode with her. Like, she's doing it on her own. And mm-hmm. it's something she started on her own because she was curious. Yeah. Just because I talk about it so much. And then she got really into it. And it's been really exciting to watch her, like, watch these episodes and get all excited about it from from a different point of view than you yeah. have so i mean for me podcasting like started with this show like i wanted to podcast about yeah this show. you were just gonna do this show i thought for a second for a hot second you're like i considered that like yeah. i i thought about doing an episode no, you by were episode. you wanted to do all of star trek you wanted that to be like the first number of episodes i not well, all of star trek but just tng i've always kind of wanted to do a show where i just went episode by episode through this show yeah and then maybe do all of star trek after that and then we but decided then that might was, be too intense there was so much i wanted to talk about and i just wanted to have like random conversations about nonsense so uh i mean by episode like my second recording i i mean even by our recording i knew i wasn't just gonna do yeah this for show. sure by the but time you had talked because you had one. been talking about it for a while so. yeah i went through like different permutations yeah. of what i was gonna do in my head before it happened there's something to be said for watching a show as it airs alongside current events i agree yeah with that. yeah, yeah sure. and i think that we really saw that this time with the warp stuff being bad for the for the, yeah. b- the environment and that- even though this show came out in 1993 yeah still pertinent yeah just like rewatching the matrix i was like holy shit this means more to me now than it yeah. did when i was younger and it always it's again with the reframing you know yeah. like that's always going to be interesting and i think that star trek really lends itself to that it's always going to be relevant and i think that's yeah. why it's such an influential show totally yeah well i'm actually uh my friend jane and i are going to be doing firefly episode by episode <sighs> Because like this has been like the core. Let me special guest on something. Okay, <laughs> I want to come in for one of them at least. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, yeah, that's like the next thing that I'm moving into for yeah. episode 101. I hope, hopefully, episode 101. I'm sure I can make that happen. Yeah, because um, we haven't recorded it yet. But uh, yeah, I it's you know this has been awesome. It's been amazing to like journey through this show with yeah, you. Yeah, it's I been love, so fun. I can't I believe it's over. I love the symmetry of it being on the 100th episode. It makes me really happy. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't believe it. We did it. We did it. It yeah. just occurred to me right now, like we're coming to the end of it now. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, like what are the chances of like, we both still live in the same city. I know. Like, it's been almost, almost three two years. And a half years. It's three, almost three years. Really? In February, it'll have been three years. Really? Since you moved here? Mm-hmm. Okay, not not since we recorded the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah no, yeah, I guess yeah, not. Totally. But I'm yeah. just saying. So, well, that's, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it feels like you just moved here. Yeah. That's crazy. Hello, yeah. Jeef. Hello. <laughs> you can't take, take the, the sky, sky from, from me. me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You have to let me special guest on one of those. Please, I'm well, begging you. Let me know which episode. Okay. We'll make it happen. Uh, I'll start rewatching it. Right, I'll, I'm going to go home and watch that shit right now. I've been waiting for years to rewatch Firefly oh, because so I knew that I was going to do it for the podcast yeah. and I wanted it to be fresh. Yeah. Uh, and also because there's so little of it, I want to go like episode by episode yeah. and take my time with it. Absolutely. You should I'm read really some of the comics. They're great. I have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We'll talk then, about it. Yeah. We'll Something else that it. I'm going to do is uh, do a sci-fi on trial for the, the Star Trek Next Generation movies. So if that's something you want to take part in, you're definitely very welcome to join. Yeah, maybe. I'll at least watch the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I've been wanting to do that for a long time also. Mm -hmm. I think I want to do a trial of the second two movies because 
the first two are pretty well liked and the second two are controversial and that's oh, always word. more interesting for the trial yeah of course and i yeah you i'd love to have you i'd you... love to have you on that if you want to do it okay well i've been wanting to do a sci-fi on trial but i never like uh tell you in time yeah like yeah you're always like figuring it out and i'm like i need to tell him i want to do that and then i just don't yeah i always do a um, facebook post yeah and say who has strong feelings about this and i'm like i have strong feelings about all of it but then i get i psych myself out because i'm like oh what if i don't have enough to say and this and that and blah you? yes absolutely. you will have me. enough to say yeah. I'm 100% sure. <laughs> um well i would love to have that be the first yeah. time to do it because like that's going to be kind of a continuation of this whole process yeah why not yeah. we'll just keep it in the theme and it, we could get like everyone back that's talked about this show with us in the past oh that would be so good yeah reunion show yeah like tiffin ian and yeah. uh kayla, kayla. Yeah. yeah if they're i haven't talked to them about it but if they're yeah. into it i want to get andrew lee creech he's on the matrix trial we're recording that tomorrow awesome yeah i miss that guy i haven't yeah. seen him in a long time andrew i miss awesome. you <laughs> yeah andrew's the best <laughs> if you ever listen or watch this anyways <laughs> yeah um well, this so, is so yeah. much fun i don't this know why so i feel like compelled to not just watch this show but like make dozens of podcasts about it <laughs> but it's like really satisfying i get it i don't know i get it now i just need to like talk it about now. it i understand that's I awesome. understand. What is it? Can you tell me? Because I don't know what I'm doing. It's the same feeling that I get when I watch Doctor Who, I think. Yeah. I can yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it for hours. and um, It just feels so important in if my it's, life. It was important to you in your life. And Doctor Who is that for me. Yeah. You know, like it's always run a parallel with how I feel about my life. It just hit you at the right time. And it's just the right show for you. You get it. It's part of your yeah. It's part of your heart. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I mean, more than that, just like sci-fi in general is, yeah. is that on a broad, in a For broader sure. way. Like I, sure. I get that feeling from so much stuff and a majority of it is sci-fi. Yeah. I get it from like everything, like fantasy fucking survivor. I love survivor. <laughs> uh, but like sci-fi is the one that just, I don't know. It's I'm definitely a sci-fi person too. I've, I've come to really accept, like I like some fantasy, fantasy stuff, but um, I think that's why I love Doctor Who so much. Cause fan, it's just, fantasy with a sci-fi backdrop honestly it may as well be magic yeah totally. you know yeah. <laughs> like none of it makes so any sense star wars yeah so um and i i did i mention on this thing that i just rewatched all three of the star wars yeah yeah so yeah it was same. like three hours ago damn dude. It's so, it, we've been talking for so long that it's hard to remember the beginning of the yeah. conversation <laughs> i think it's time i think this will have to be a yeah, two-parter i don't yeah. think i'll be able to get this out in a week yeah but yeah but anyways yeah i just i love that kind of thing so um sci-fi is just always going to be close to my heart i just don't i'm just not a a fact memorizer like you are you like to yeah yeah, I, I, but I, I remember feelings and stories and stuff, you yeah. know, but that's what that's what I focus on more now. Yeah. Lyme disease has actually really affected my memory. And, yeah. and also because I use a lot of weed to deal with Lyme well, disease. Well, there's that, too. And also, I just feel like as you delve further and further into this, like, really just sci fi world, because that's what I've seen you been doing in the past yeah. three years. Like, since when I moved up here, you were into sci fi. You were always into sci fi. But like yeah. now it's like your whole life. You know what I mean? And and <laughs> I feel like that wasn't the case when I first met you. You know what I mean? So I feel like as you delve deeper into this world, like you don't have as much time to just be like, this thing happened on this date. And, you know, right. like, <laughs> like you've, you're just doing so much with sci-fi and it's really appreciated. I know everyone loves it. So, well, I hope so. Thank yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this show has been like at the core of my fandom 
of all things my whole life, you know, yeah. the next generation. It's for hope sure. for humanity. It's a strong moral compass. It's a place to go when the real world disappoints. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, for me, like at the heart of science fiction is that it's a, it's a, a way to see a positive future mm-hmm. so that you can help create it. Yeah. That's why it's so important to me is because like we need to change now so yeah. we can make a positive future. And, and Star, Star Trek, Trek is, is the best example It's the of best that. example, yes. And that's why it's at the <laughs> core of my, of my fandom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Because of that's that. why that's always going to be in the middle for you because it's the best possible future you can imagine. Yeah. And, and something really about... And that's the same for me, Doctor Who is like, there's always a new adventure. There's always something good totally. that you can do. I feel that in Doctor and, Who, absolutely. Because yeah. I got into that later. And it's, it's, it's always given me like hope. You know, and and I love feeling that from a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, just like the act of podcasting about it, I feels like I'm helping to maybe make that future happen because I'm talking about it a lot and I'm spreading that out there as far as I can get it to go. And like, if that has any positive impact anywhere, that makes me feel really good about myself. If not, it's still fun. So who cares? Yeah. It's cool. Still fun. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to do it for the hundredth recording. Baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although this is so long i'm sure i'll cut this into two that's cool yeah but the hundredth uh hundredth session hundredth session yeah oh yeah of the math is shaky because i've cut a lot of others in half also yeah. so who knows it's okay but the, hundred hundredth the episode that says number yes. 100 will contain part of what we just did yeah and it'll be <laughs> it'll be very satisfying yeah um absolutely. and i yeah thank you guys so much if you're following along yeah. on the live chat you guys have been amazing thank i really appreciate you, justin the contributions like everyone was such a positive contributor today. yeah really this cool. was it was a really fun group today actually yeah yeah, yeah. totally thanks yeah. guys yeah i really appreciate thanks it so much uh and man I guess we're done. Yeah. I really have to pee it. and I'm very Do hungry. I wish I could fade out. So, five card stud, nothing wild. And the sky's the limit. There you have it. We did it. We made it all the way through TNG. Every single episode. I'm so proud of us. Jeff and I were uh, were impressed with ourselves that we committed to something and then did it for no other reason than because it was fun and we wanted to. And there you have it. <laughs> so since we recorded that episode, uh, it's been a few weeks. Uh, things have kind of shaped up as far as uh, what's coming up next on the show. I was not able to get my podcast with Jane about Firefly recorded in time to have it come out Uh, the very next thing after the TNG episode, which I've been talking about for a while. Uh, So we are still going to be talking about Firefly in the future, but I have um, a small backlog of episodes that I recorded over the last month, um, a few of which I recorded before the 100th podcast went live on YouTube. So I'm going to get those out first, and I'll also be talking about The Last Jedi, and I'm I'm still figuring out which order I want to put everything out in. I'm going to be doing Last Jedi live on YouTube, and... uh, I'm actually really curious to hear from you guys. Do you like it when I do the YouTube live episodes edited down into a podcast? I'm really looking at possibly changing how I structure things over here in the sci-fi world as far as where content is coming out because I'm having some you know good success with YouTube right now with the game streaming and there's been some really great uh, enthusiasm among those people for the sci-fi content as well. 
and I definitely feel it there, and I feel it less in the podcast world, to be completely honest. So I'm wondering if I need to be doing both, or if I can, you know, kind of phase in more live shows and a few less podcasts. But I definitely want to know what you like. I want to know what you like to consume. I mean, if you... If you like going back and forth, if that sounds cool to you, let me know. If you really want me to stick to the podcasting and making sure that all the sci-fi conversations are not just on YouTube, but also in the podcast, I, I'd, I'd like to hear from you. So sci-fi at jessemercury.com. That's the place that you can let me know. My main concern is that we just continue to have fun conversations about science fiction because I love it. I mean, I talked about why I love it in this episode. So, I mean, you know that about me and that's not going anywhere. I will still be having these conversations, but I have been just thinking a lot about the medium in which I present them to the world. What's the most effective way to share the conversation. I'm trying to find ways to make this easier on myself. Um, I know a couple weeks ago I said that I was going to get back onto a regular release schedule on Wednesdays, and then it didn't happen. I should have known better than to say that out loud. Of course, I had some rough Lyme disease days after that, and it's really, <laughs> it's really whacked out my schedule. So... I'm taking that back. Uh, Podcast episodes will continue to come out as I can finish them. Uh, I've been doing about three a month for quite a while, so I I think I can still keep that going. Uh, But I I have considered lowering the amount of podcasts and raising the amount of live shows. Uh, Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I want I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear what you what you prefer. All right, well, I do have a special treat for you to end the episode today. I just finished my song, Time Machine. The full title is Time Machine and then in parentheses, Modern McFly. And I really went back and forth on what to name the song. I've been calling it Time Machine since I first conceived of the idea, so... Uh, I really couldn't let go of that because when you hear the song, you know, the chorus is, you're all I need, time machine. And I think that that's what people are going to think of when they think of the song. It's like, it's called Time Machine. But I thought of the phrase Modern McFly and I just loved it. I'm like, man, I want to use that now. (laughs) I thought of that. I want to use it now before someone else thinks of it because like ideas are just out there for the plucking, you know? Uh, So... (laughs) So this song actually started as a beat that I was writing for Baby Dan when Baby Dan was getting into doing some hip-hop. Actually, I'm going to have a whole episode about this coming up uh, very, very soon, possibly possibly next time. I'm not 100% sure. I might do The Last Jedi before that if I release that as a podcast. I don't know. Things are up in the air. But I did record a really great conversation with Baby Dan because uh, last summer he and I uh, spend a lot of time together uh, working on hip-hop beats. Um, he decided to become a hip-hop artist. He's kind of moving out of comedy, not completely, but uh, moving out of you know stand-up and performance and, and really focusing more on writing hip-hop is just a passion of his. Uh, and one of those nights we watched a Star Trek episode. He'd never seen it before, and we got to chatting about that. So, um, so I invited him on the show to talk about the process of deciding to become a hip-hop artist because I thought that was interesting. We'll play you the song that that we created together uh, and then talk a little bit about Star Trek. Of course, The Next Generation. I mean, I, I'm done talking about it with Jeff, but I will still talk about it on the show. That's for damn sure. So we actually had a bunch of beats in progress that were not used. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd kind of get together, sit down with a synthesizer. I'd work on like ideas. He'd tell me like sort of what he wants to go for and I'd try to make something happen. And a couple of those beats that didn't get used for his album are now being used by me for my album because I came up with some things that I really like uh, and Time Machine happens to be one of them. So um, yeah, like the bare bones of the beat of this was originally conceived of in that in that situation. Um, 
as an idea that I threw out to Baby Dan to see if he wanted to to rap on top of it, and it just didn't quite work out for him, and really worked out for me. And then all of a sudden, this like melody popped into my head, uh, and then this idea of singing about a time machine. And uh, really, the idea is that there's a there's like a hipster bro. Uh, maybe like a college dude who d- finds a time machine, who finds the DeLorean. In my mind, it's kind of like the the offspring of <laughs> Marty McFly. Uh, it's like the next generation, and he's a hipster, and he finds a time machine, and he just goes apeshit. And that's kind of what the song is. Of course, there's a little bit of my wish fulfillment in there of how bad I wanted a time machine, especially the first time I saw Back to the Future. I'm like, fuck, give me that. That looks good. I want one of those. So, I'll, you know, those are the things in my mind as I was working on these lyrics. And I wanted to write something kind of fun and irreverent with a little touch of sadness and longing in it. Because whenever I watch Back to the Future 2, I mean, when I, when I see that goddamn hoverboard, every time I'm sad because it's not real. So I tried to inject a little bit of that sort of sadness that these sci-fi things that are so wonderful are not real into this song. Uh, that's like kind of under the hood of the song. And I really like it. it. It's short. It's a like under two minutes, I think, which I love. I I really wanted to try to stretch my my ideas about song structure in this one a little bit. I mean, I Mugatu really rubbed off on me in a lot of ways, where I didn't really want to follow the normal song structure and have something that just kind of felt good and find a way to make this song feel good. And I I'm really happy with it. Uh, the mastering process was really tough because there is so much bass in this one and trying to tame that, uh, a little bit, uh, while still leaving it kind of woolly and wild and big, especially if you're like in the car or something, uh, that was really important to me and finding that balance was really tough. I always lean a little bit bass heavy if I have to choose between, you know, bass heavy or bass light. I like to go a little bass heavy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really happy with this. It was, it didn't take super long to make, but I didn't have the energy to work on it very often because of all the Lyme disease stuff. So I'm just really happy that it's done and out there. The last step of the process was Photoshopping an image to put it out with, because I had this image in my head of me, you know, flying in the time machine and the DeLorean kind of reaching out of the window like striking my fist in the air and going, yeah, I'm in a time machine. Like I just had that image in my head. So I actually Photoshopped that and put that out with the song. And and that's it, man. That song lives and breathes now, and I'm I'm stoked about it. So we're up to ten songs on the Sci-Fi album. Uh, my Patreon followers, who are at three dollars or more per month, get all of the Sci-Fi songs as they're released. Uh, so that is available for you on Patreon. If you have not downloaded it, it is there for you. If you have a problem getting it, let me know. I'll just email it to you. And for everyone else, if you'd like to download this, you can find it at jessemercury.bandcamp.com. So thank you guys so much for joining me for another sci-fi adventure. Uh, I will, I, if, if next week is not The Last Jedi podcast, I will at least tell you what I think about it. And if you want The Last Jedi conversation, I'll say this again. If you want The Last Jedi conversation to be in a podcast, you got to let me know. Because I will probably not do it unless I hear back from people. I'll probably just let it live on YouTube and start to think of this show as something that you know, half exists here and half exists in live recordings on YouTube. And I, I'm, I'm cool with that idea if you guys are. Uh, but I mean, if there, if there is a call for, for that to be in a podcast episode, I'm more than happy to do that. I just want to make sure that my efforts and energies are being spent in a place where it is uh, wanted and, and needed, if that makes sense. 
All right, my friends, thank you so much. This was a fun one, and I am so excited to be in the triple digits. It's been kind of surreal. And to end it out today, here is my brand new song, Time Machine, Modern McFly. You need 